This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today is Wednesday, October 7th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Coronavirus-related crowd restrictions for both indoor and outdoor events were loosened for most of Pennsylvania on Tuesday by Governor Tom Wolf, who called the shift a gradual adjustment to our lives as we learn how we can do things safely until there is a vaccine for the virus or a cure for the disease. The rules, which go into effect on Friday, October 9th, will dramatically increase the current limits, allowing bigger crowds at a range of events, including school sports. However, Philadelphia officials said the new rules will not go into effect for the city of Philadelphia on Friday. In a news conference held shortly after Wolf's announcement, Philadelphia Health Commissioner Dr. Thomas Farley said city officials will review the guidelines and expect to have an update on Tuesday, October 13th. Farley said Philadelphia has unique considerations, including the fact that it is the largest, most densely populated city in the state. It has been the hardest hit by the virus, and it has large venues that attract people from across the state and country. Wolf's announcement acknowledged the cities such as Philadelphia can establish their own guidelines. The extra time to review Wolf's decision will not impact Lincoln Financial Field since the Eagles are on the road this weekend to face the Steelers in Pittsburgh. A statement issued by the Steelers president uh, on Tuesday afternoon said that they uh, are limited to 7,500 people uh, at Heinz Field for Sunday's game, including players, coaches, stadium staff, etc. Based on the limitations, 5,500 seats will be made available for fans, according to the statement. Priority will be given to season ticket holders. Yeah, I um I, I don't have any interest in going. It's it's not that important to me to to go to a live sporting event. However, um you got to figure like you probably have never had like more optimal conditions to go to a live professional football well, with game. Less with there. less people there. Yeah, yeah. like Talking to people seats. on the news last night yeah. echoing exactly <laughs> what you're saying just for I can't believe this. Look yeah. at this. Uh, a lot of people were considering going. So, it's almost yeah. like a private, personal showing. <laughs> yeah. you know, right. One, one night only. Yeah. Your own football game. Yeah. The state health secretary, Dr. Rachel Levine, cautioned that the changes may not be permanent and that they are still closely monitoring cases and outbreaks. Delaware State Police announced the arrest of a 19-year-old Newark man in connection with the murder of his ex-girlfriend. Police said on Friday, October 2nd, at approximately 8.30 in the evening, 17-year-old Madison Sparrow was reported missing by a family member after she didn't return home. Investigators say they obtained information that Madison went to meet her ex-boyfriend, Noah Sharp. Detectives said an investigation revealed that Madison died from blunt force forced trauma to her body. Police said after the homicide occurred, she was transported to a secluded wooded location in Newark where law enforcement officers later discovered her body. According to police, there is information indicating additional individuals may have been involved with this homicide. Police said Sharp was taken into custody and charged with murder, possession of a deadly weapon, and conspiracy. Sharp was arraigned and committed to Howard R. Young Correctional Institution. Police said the investigation remains active and ongoing. Anyone with information regarding uh, this case is asked to contact Detective of Sapo with the Delaware State Police Homicide Unit. Ursinus College in Montgomery County says it's aggressively investigating two incidents involving an intruder reportedly entering the unlocked dorm room of female students. The, the first incident uh, happened in a suite at uh, Remert Hall at, Reimert, the, yeah. at the college. The female student said that she thought she was dreaming, but the sound of a man trying to break into her dorm room woke her up early Sunday morning. The suspect was able to gain entry from an unlocked door to the suite. One of the girls said what as the suspect uh, walked in. He then turned around and ran out. Camp 
campus police described the suspect as an unknown white male, approximately 30 years old, with a slim to medium build and about 5'10 in height. What's the occupancy level of Ursinus right now? Good question. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, I have no idea. But Reimert uh, was that was the party place, right? So, um, and it's and it's a quad. When I was there, you couldn't get into Reimert Hall unless uh, you had like a key, right? Uh, now they, it's basically they had, it's it's it, all right. So this is how you explain it. It's, it's you know a four sided dorm with a courtyard in the middle right and there used to be doors and you wouldn't be able to get into the courtyard unless you had a key now they they remove those doors so anybody can get into Uh, the courtyard and anybody can access these suites if the suite doors are unlocked i wonder why they changed that well they wanted to ensure less security Uh, (laughs) seriously well also because you couldn't get into the dorm like the suite doors were open right now, I guess the sweet doors, sweet. Yeah. Uh, now the sweet doors are Thank now you. locked as a you know as a constant, right? So that that well, but, whatever it is, yeah. this guy got in. Yeah. So whatever, whatever the deal wild, is, it's man. not. It's it maybe needs to be readdressed. So yeah. then the university sent out a second alert about a similar incident around four forty six a.m. Monday morning when a man reportedly entered a female student's unlocked dorm room in New Hall dorm. The alert states that the female student remained quiet for five minutes before the man left the room. Campus police described this suspect as a college age white male uh, wearing cargo shorts and his hair was covering his face. It's not clear if the same person is behind the incidents, but in both nothing was stolen, no students were harmed, and the doors were unlocked. Anyone with information is asked to contact public uh, campus safety. Years ago, I was at, uh, at a sorority house. I was attending a funeral for a girl who died in a kiln explosion. Mm, uh-huh. and <laughs> did you I remember dates for your friends? I did, yeah, I uh, just to attend, and, yeah, but I got yeah. in very easily. That's good. <laughs> in... Who's going to make a pot for me? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, don't bring it up. I'll start tearing up right on the spot. <laughs> All right, in sports this morning. <laughs> The L.A. Lakers are back in control of the NBA Finals, one win away from the franchise's 17th championship. LeBron James finished with 28 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. Anthony Davis hit a three-pointer with 39 seconds left, and the Lakers beat the Miami Heat 102-96 in Game 4. The Lakers lead the series three games to one and can win the title when the series resumes on Friday. In the baseball playoffs, the Atlanta Braves won Game 1 of their NLDS, beating the Miami Marlins 9-5 in the late game. The L.A. Dodgers beat the San Diego Padres Padres 5-1. to one. And then in the American League, the Houston Astros beat the Oakland A's 5-2 to two and now lead that series two games to none. And the Tampa Bay Rays beat the New York Yankees 7-5. to five. That series is now tied up at one game apiece. And the Flyers selected Tyson Forster with the 23rd overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft. Forster is an 18-year-old right winger who was born in Allison, Ontario. In 62 <laughs> regular season games, he led the Barry Colts in every offensive category, including points, power play goals, and power play assists. I think it's the first time they ever selected a guy currently in elementary school. (laughs) The shirt I'm wearing is 18 years old. 18. The draft concludes today with rounds uh, second through seventh before teams turn their attention to the NHL's free agency signing period, which starts on Friday. And that's what I have for you this morning. Do you think in the locker room he just pretends like he shaves his genitals (laughs) but actually hasn't grown any pubic hair at all? Wow. Well, hey, listen, it's it's not the first time, but it's pretty amazing when you have 18-year-olds jumping right into the big leagues and some there's been some pretty damn impressive people that have done that so hopefully good things from this kid
Welcome to Wednesday Morning Preston and Steve Show, a shadow cast over the radio station. I know you heard this by now. If you're really out of touch, maybe you didn't, but uh, Eddie Van Halen passed away yesterday. It was terrible, terrible news. We're going to play nothing but Van Halen this morning. Yeah. And... um, I, I've I've handpicked a, uh, a selection of music. And, good, good. And yeah, I, I'm we're not going to play jump and hot for teacher. I'm, I'm going to play some stuff that's a little cooler, a little little deeper. So I uh, think this is the time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I've picked out some some songs that always I always thought were really cool. A little bit deeper cuts this morning. So uh, we'll play that, and we we will, we have a couple of guests uh, to pop on to talk about uh, Eddie. Some people who have had. Uh, close connections with him, and uh, one of them being um, our buddy Ike Richmond, who for the longest time was uh, in charge of promotions at the Wells Fargo Center Complex, and Ike is the most diehard Van Halen fan I've ever met. Yeah, um, yeah, and, that's safe to say. And he actually, I think he worked on the tour <clears throat> for a little while, and yeah, he's he was really in tight with those guys, so... Uh, he's met Eddie a bunch of times, the whole band, obviously he's met, uh, many times, but I'm sure he's got some stories and also, um, comedian and awesome impressionist Craig Gass, uh, who's been on our show many, many times actually lived at Eddie's house for a little while. And he had like a, a little house out back and he stayed there and he told us some great stories. Just awesome stories. He he interacted with them constantly. Yeah, so we're going to get uh, Craig on this morning who's going to be obviously upset because that's yeah. a friend of his, but I'm sure he's got some great stories to to tell us about Ed and being around him for that time. So we will uh honor his memory uh by by playing some music and sharing some stories and so on uh through the course of today's program. You know, we also have to admonish pe- president people to not do is say how much worse can 2020 get? Oh my god, don't say that ever. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to even mention this. It keeps this. rising to the challenge. Yeah. But my buddy Will, yesterday, the first thing he texted back to me was like, Paul McCartney better not oh leave his house yeah, yeah. for yeah. the rest of the oh. year. Uh, because, yeah, it's just been bad thing after bad thing. So that was uh, that was a heartbreaker yesterday. So uh, we will, like I said, we'll talk about it. We will we'll play some music through the mm. course of the program. Uh, we have some other things going on as well. Fox Good Day, we're going to do that. Uh, we have a secret text word. We have your chance to win a digital download of Beetlejuice just yeah. in time for Halloween, of course. Love it. So text the word secret to 39333. We're going to send a word back to you later on. We'll ask you to call in with that word. Designated caller wins. And we will also uh, grab a random texter as well. Uh, to win, and we're I, we're scheduled to have Beverly Goldberg on today. That'd be awesome. The yeah. actual real life Beverly Goldberg, the inspiration for you know the the Goldbergs. Yes, and uh, she recently uh, responded to a tweet of ours, and her son Adam, who is the creator <laughs> of the Goldbergs and all kinds of great stuff, had responded by saying. He loves the fact that his mom is a fan of the Preston and Steve show. <laughs> so let's talk to Beverly, man. She's got a cookbook out uh, where she? she does reveal the secret recipe to shrimp pond. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And right. banana bread. And banana bread. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Beverly right. Goldberg's banana bread. So we'll talk to Beverly later on this morning. And also our friends from uh, Bud Light Platinum are doing a meet and eat. And that means, will we have some giveaways? No, it does uh, no, not. Yes, it, it does. does. Yeah. Yes, we it do. do. <laughs> So we got all that and more going on today. All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. And uh, the entertainment report, that's up as well as a stupid question. By the way, this little music bed we play here on the way up, this is Van Halen. Yeah. From a song off of 1984 called Drop Dead Legs. It is fantastic. So we'll be back in just a moment. Stay down. anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. 
Steven Singer Jewelers is not in the jewelry business. He's in the love business. Whether celebrating life or celebrating love, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I'm going to do a Van Halen-based uh, stupid question, give away a pair of tickets to the Bates Motel and Haunted Attractions. Let's see if you know this one, because I saw a, uh, it was a documentary about the band, and uh, or it might have been behind the music, uh, but Gene Simmons was uh, kind of discovered them, wanted to take him them it's under true. his wing, yeah. and he wanted to rename the band. My chicken wing. No, not the chicken <laughs> wing. But he did take it under right. the chicken wing. What did he want the band to be called? 215-263-WMMR. He had, a, he had a whole idea for them, a logo and the name of the band and everything. Let's see if you know the answer to that. 215-263-WMMR. I kind of searched around to see if I could find it online. I couldn't, but I, okay. do, I do remember the story. All right, let's see if you know the answer. We'll go to some birthdays while we're waiting. Today is Wednesday, October 7th. Uh, Joy Behar of The View is 78 years old today. Super hot. Take it off, Joy. They, listen, they have all of the COVID shows that have had, you know, from home and everybody doing their stuff over Zoom calls. Someone needs to tell Joy to readjust her setup. Wait, what do you mean? the camera angle and the lighting, <laughs> everyone else looks a little bit better. You know, it's not is like it she's like, a hideous woman, but it is not flattering. Is okay. it like lit uh, from it's, underneath? It's like, a, like a flashlight like, under the chair. Like you're telling a scary Woo! story at a, at a camp out? Do you yeah. remember when, uh, when Dr. Phil first came out and he had done a video? He looked blue. Horrible. It was <laughs> like, how does no one, I how does no one pick up on they this? They know people in television. They're right? all, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they you have know professional director. They don't have to do it themselves. I know. I know. And, and now they, they and now but, they do. But some, like if we tried to do that, you know, Rodney would get in touch and go, "I'm, I'm sending over a whole bunch <laughs> yeah. of equipment to you. We're going to fix this problem." Right? right. Away. Yeah, that's yeah. what we do. Yeah. So, but anyhow, maybe maybe Joy, if she she, maybe she likes that. she likes that. I don't yeah. know. She's seventy eight. Tell today. us a scary story, Aunt Joy. <laughs> Ollie North, uh, the Iran Contra scandal figure, is seventy seven years old today. There's a there's a list of interesting birthdays. Days today, uh, Vladimir Putin, the former, yeah, the Putin Put, former prime minister of Russia. I was watching footage of him hanging out with uh, Steven Seagal. They're oh, bros. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. got a bromance. Uh, he is uh, sixty-eight today. He's the Russian president, of course. Uh, Desmond Tutu. So you got Putin Putin Tutu, Tutu. <laughs> uh, celebrating birthdays today. Uh, he is uh, eighty-nine years old. Wow. Today. Yeah, yeah, and a Nobel Peace Prize winner, of course. Uh, Tom York, singer of Radiohead, turns 52 today. Just recently got married, I believe. Yeah, signed a big modeling contract. He did? Wow, good on him. For Wild Eye uh, Cosmetics. Yeah. Uh, We talk about this every year. I I wish I got Radiohead. I really don't, but, you know. Uh, Roadhead? No, that's <laughs> completely different. What did you Roadhead say? is much better. I said I never got Radiohead. Yeah, Roadhead. I wish I did. <laughs> oh. uh, but anyhow. Oh, my God. Well, my head. Yeah, my you head. You never got Radiohead? <laughs> I never got Radiohead. Wait a minute. Wait. Actually, I did one time. So. Uh, At the station? Not here. Okay. Another city. Which another, one? Another time. Had you just yeah. done the farm report? No, no. It wasn't was it a far, particularly good crop? <laughs> I was Kenny Knight. Oh! Back then. Yep. Okay. Anyway, we're Do talking about Tom York. Do you actually have to York. be moving in order to, like, understand Radiohead? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. Okay. So, okay. Radiohead, uh, Tom York, yep. lead singer, 52 years old today. Simon Cowell. Wow. Just talking about him with uh, Gabrielle Union, and apparently um, he was the 
focus of that lawsuit she had with NBC, which they settled. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is uh, she, or no, he is 60, he's 61 today. <laughs> Sorry, my, my eyes are scanning ahead here. Okay. Uh, John Mellencamp uh, turned 69 years old. Some of the funnest concerts I've ever been to yeah. have been John Mellencamp shows. So for me, a top 10, possibly a top 5 concert experience would be John Cougar Mellencamp at the Jones Beach Theater. Yep. Almost three hours. Every song, a hit Awesome. You sing along with. And then there was like a moment from the natural Preston, the drummer, his great drummer. Yeah, Kenny Arnoff. Takes a drumstick. Yeah. Throws it up. Oh, no. And hits one of the lights. That <laughs> oh, are, that's and great. And it, it explodes. <laughs> in the Seriously? Crowd. Yeah. It's like a bulb. It wasn't like a, a marquee <laughs> right, thing. Right, 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 right. The crowd goes nuts. I'm like, this is awesome. Wow. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, the shows are great. They're sing-alongs. You know every song. The band is fantastic. It sounds wonderful. So, if, you know, if he ever comes around again, you should go. He's had an interesting personal life. He was married to uh, the lady from Gilbertsville for a while. And uh, that was his second or third wife, yeah, the model. Yeah. And, and then he dated Meg Ryan off and on several times. They got engaged. And then they broke up again last year. He, but in between dating Meg Ryan, I didn't know this until just now, or I had forgotten, he was dating Christy Brinkley for a stretch. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Okay. And for, for a small period of time, he was dating Shelly Girl. Oh, so, my yeah. God. <laughs> uh, he, he, you guys understand. It's like a half hour. <laughs> uh, yeah. He can be cantankerous. I, I, yes. Oh, man, really? I know, yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, there's a record guy that I used to be friends with who, who uh, was on tour with him and said, you know, John had some serious attitude. And he knows it, too. He'll admit it. And, you know, but uh, he, I, I think he's gotten to a better place. Yeah. Uh, but he's one of those people that, uh, you know, has had a gazillion heart attacks. He has. And still keeps smoking cigarettes. I don't know if he still Because they're is good now, for you. All right? Uh, but he's a great musician. Uh, 69 years old today. Tico Torres. Hey! A bon Jovi celebrates his 67th birthday today. And Tico's been with him since the beginning. Very loyal. There was yeah. some... It, we were, bon Jovi himself spent in the news for the Richie Sambora comments he made. Yeah. Well, he's got a new album out. Yeah. Um... I, this is a guilty pleasure. It's mine. probably my favorite Bon Jovi song Case. after Slippery When Wet. I love this. I, I sort yeah. of agree. I, I, listen, I really appreciate Bon Jovi, and I appreciate all that the band stands for and all that stuff. I'm not a massive fan myself, but I appreciate it. This is probably the best Bon Jovi song that people don't appreciate. Has to go next. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, is this that people list? don't appreciate, but should. Yeah, yeah. This is a number three. Oh, no, yeah. this is number one. Oh, Except oh, for best song that people should appreciate, but don't, but should. Yeah. I don't you can like, come up with your own list. I don't like <laughs> listening to myself over again, but I think I want to hear that clip just yeah. to see uh-huh. what the hell I was saying. saying yeah. Remind yourself. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tico Torres is 67 today. And uh, <laughs> last birthday I saw Yo-Yo Ma, cousin of Little Nipatiz, uh-huh. is 65. You didn't catch that reference at all? No. Oh, man. Uh, Damn you, it. Love, you love Jack Black. I from uh-huh. from uh, School of Rock. He goes, I don't blew eat- the audition, but who did get it? Yo-Yo Ma's cousin, Little Nepotiz. <laughs> I thought you would get that. I don't so. know that movie. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, I'm well, anyhow, so sorry. Yo-Yo Ma is a guy I would like to have on our show sometime. Yeah, li- absolutely. I would like His to yo-yo meet. tricks are unbelievable. It's, no, he doesn't do... This that's is walk his walk dog. Yeah. This is baby in the cradle. Uh-huh. Uh... He's outstanding. Yes, he's, he's one of those, you know, he's he's the Van Halen of cellists. Absolutely. He's the Eddie Van Halen of cellists. Or he's the cellist of Van Halen. 65 today. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. So it does uh, concern Van Halen, and um, I believe I learned this from um, 
Behind the Music Van Halen, which used to be a VH1 show, was outstanding. You can find them on YouTube. And uh, originally, uh, Gene Simmons wanted to take the band, rebrand them, give them a new name. What was that name? And I will go to Brian for the answer. Hey, Brian, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good morning, Jabroni. Hey, bro. Quick <laughs> word. All right, what was the name of the band? It's uh, Daddy Longlegs. Yeah, Daddy Longlegs oh. is correct. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah, hang on a second, oh, Brian. Oh, God, that is such a dumb name. I know. He wanted it to be, uh, like, the logo was like a, 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 was like a bug with a, with the long legs, obviously, and a top hat on it. And they were like, no. But, but look, the, the, it has a top hat. <laughs> that's that's kind of kitschy, right? A spider wearing a top hat. Uh, Brian, we have a pair of Like tickets. he's going out on the town. Uh to the Bates Motel and Haunted Attractions. You'll experience terror like never before located in Glen Mills, PA. Fully open and safe. The Bates Big Friggin' Deal continues this week. Get two tickets for the price of one while supplies last at WMMR.com. And the keyword is deal. We will uh, cover a lot of uh, about uh, Eddie Van Halen's passing in a little while. Eddie, the- it's Gene. I have another idea. What if each of the spider's legs was holding a walking stick? <laughs> Get back to me. Okay. Uh, I don't think they ever returned no, that no, call. No, no, they never returned that call. Yeah, that's obviously we're going to be hitting Eddie Van Halen in the career a lot today. So. Yeah, so we will, we will do that in a little bit. Uh, I do have a- entertainment uh, news. I'm going to start with kind of a heavy story. Amanda Klutz, uh, who had watched her husband, Nick Cordero, the uh, Broadway uh, actor, succumb to coronavirus after a devastating months-long battle, is responding to Donald Trump's, quote, hurtful message downplaying the seriousness of the disease. He had tweeted, don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. We have developed, under the Trump administration, some really great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago. Uh, but Clues had responded on social media. Uh, to all the over 208,000 Americans who lost loved ones to this virus, I stand by you with you holding your hand. Unfortunately, it did dominate our lives, didn't it? It dominated Nick's family's lives and my family's lives. I guess we let it like it was our choice. She said, unfortunately, not everyone is lucky enough to spend two days in the hospital I cried next to my husband for 95 days watching what COVID did to the person I love. It is something to be afraid of because he had, like, slowly his body started yeah. giving Deteriorated, out. Deteriorated, yeah. And a lot of that issue was because of blood clots. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cordero died on uh, July 5th. He was only 41 years old, left behind uh, their son um, named Elvis, by the way. But she said, uh, after you see the person you love the most die from this disease, uh, you would never say what this tweet says there is no empathy to all the lives lost. He is bragging instead. It is sad. It is hurtful. It is disgraceful. On to Bachelor news. I know you've been waiting on that. In June, ABC announced that Matt James would become the first black Bachelor in the franchise. Exciting uh, relief and joy that the franchise seemed to be moving or it seemed to be moving forward and responding to critics of its decidedly non-diverse lineup. Uh, as we count down to the premiere of Claire. Crawley's The Bachelorette. I'm counting down. ABC is revealing a look at the 43 women who may appear on James's season. Uh, it's not the official lineup. More of an official, more of an unofficial official preview. I'm so confused. A quick glance finds uh, many women in their 20s with four of the 43 in their 30s. James is 28 years old. Uh, the only info being released thus far on the possible ladies are their names, ages, and hometowns. Uh, Tyler Cameron, James's BFF, shared the key to James's heart with us. He said, somebody that is ready for an adventure, ready to get up and go. you got to be super active to be with Matt, but also someone who's able to have, like, serious talks. Matt is deep 
you need to be able to have these big connecting conversations. Absolutely. With an intellect that vast, you've got to be on your best game. Uh, he said, I think that's going to be super important for him while finding his partner. A working knowledge of quantum physics would help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone who can really connect on a deeper level with. Uh, hopefully, he's able to find that person quickly. I'm sure. The first woman out of the limo is going to be a perfect match. Uh, following up on that, in other Bachelor, Bachelorette news, uh, Cassie Randolph filed a police report against ex-boyfriend Colton Underwood about a month after obtaining a restraining order against him. My name is Colton Underwood. Uh, so the happy to meet you. 25-year-old went to Los Angeles uh, County Sheriff's Department on Monday and claimed that the former bachelor had planted a tracking device in her car. I planted a GIPS system. A GIPS? It's GPS. GPS. Oh. <laughs> is that illegal to do that? I think it is. Okay. I would hope it is. However, though, the now they are readily accessible. You can pick them up on Amazon. Like, we included a special device when we sent BirdBot out to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right. So what that was, which was just a little while ago... I mean, now you have super small units, magnetic. You can stick right up yeah. under the car, and they function like gangbusters. I mean, like, if you wanted to track your child... No problem. We, uh, but is that illegal? Like, I don't think so, uh, if it's your family. No, if you're, yeah. Well, if you're... Your family. Your family. Uh, if you're their guardian, I would imagine you can probably if do you're that. Re- all right, if you're so their legal guardian. I would say if you're, do- if you're tracking someone against their will... Yeah. What about a spouse? Uh, it depends. I mean... The the gray area clearly is what state is the relationship in, uh, yeah. you know? Like Pennsylvania or Delaware? Or yeah, Maine? yeah. Okay. Uh, so it, it, according to Brian Friedman, uh, Randolph's attorney, uh, it was her intention to first try and work through this process privately in a manner that gives both her and Colton safety, security, and respect. He said, we are confident this is possible. The order was extended to November 6th. So, um, Thank you. Yeah, apparently it's a, a full-on police report against him. Kat Von D is thanking Paris Hilton for speaking out against the Provo Canyon School, where both spent time as teenagers. Kat Van D and Kat Van D Von D and Paris Hilton went to the same school. Yeah, but I don't think they were there at the same time. Uh, So Von D shared on social media Mm -hmm. that she also suffered abuse there as a teen, revealing. She was sent to the Utah boarding school at age 15 and, quote, locked up for half a year without even seeing the sun. What? I wonder if she's legit. No. What? what? Like, they would put her inside and not being able to. to like a solitary like, confinement thing? No windows. I think maybe she's exaggerating a tiny bit. But they're anyway. the same age. They're about the same age. So Are they, they okay. may have been there at the same time. Hilton first shared her allegation, her alleged experience in uh, the YouTube documentary called This is Paris. She said, Von D., uh, writing this, it I spent those six traumatic months of my teenage years only to leave with major PTSD and other traumas due to the unregulated, unethical, and abusive protocols of this school and cannot wow. believe this place is still operating. All right, maybe they did lock her up. Wow, I don't we know. have uh, audio of Kat Bundy and uh, Paris Hilton cheerleading. Wait one second. Get to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing, <laughs> Kathy. You... Homecoming 95. Yeah. We all came alive. Who's that guy? The pep rally got us. The band made us jump. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Homecoming night. So she said, please take a moment to watch uh, Paris Hilton's documentary, This is Paris, and follow uh, Breaking Code Silence to see other survivors' testimonials and better understand the horrors 
of the troubled teen mm. industry and the damage it causes to not just kids, but the families. So, quick question. Has any sort of legal action been taken against this school? Has an investigation taken place? Not that I've read. Because if they're going, you know, full papillon on these uh, kids, that's pretty... That's pretty bad. Uh, Von D said she was kidnapped from her bed in the middle of the night and taken to Utah blindfolded. Oh, what? While Von D said she was spared of the sexual abuse and physical abuse, it was something that she definitely saw during her time at the school. Wow. Okay, is it? It's not like a military or. It sounds like it sounds like a quasi-military troubled school type of place, right? Right. But troubled kids' school, right? So, but were they exhibiting signs of being especially troubled? It doesn't sound that way. What the school or the Uh, kids? Paris Hilton and I don't know. I don't know Kat Von D's background. Uh, Paris, I would be. Surprised to hear that she was sent there because of of behavior problems, right. but I don't know, Steve. I don't know the background on so this. Basically, it's a school for people in recovery. You know, so it's uh, teenagers who are in uh, treatment centers, but it's also a school uh, with a campus. So oh, I, I don't know really? what a local equivalent would be, but maybe well, Glen Mills or something. Glen Mills is not for people. In, are you talking no. about like drug and alcohol recovery? That's what it says here, Casey. Yeah, okay. so, so treatment center. I, okay, so maybe Glen Mills is closed. By the way, oh, it is. I remember. I remember years ago, some some schools that were for recovery. You know, uh, ju- uh, you know, rehab. We just is right. what we called it when I was a kid, but. Uh, where they would do things like they would uh, they would do some pretty controversial things. It would bind them in um, uh, in like cl- uh, cloth and so on, like wrap them up like right. mummies and uh, and and do odd treatments like that. Right. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious. To, so then I maybe I'll watch this Paris Hilton thing and see what. Yeah. Because if it's a school where they're dealing with people who have addiction problems, that that's a different tone. If they're if they're exerting that kind of control over them, even still, it sounds pretty austere. No, well, you can't have like do like physical stuff like that, right? Um, you know, depriving people of sunlight, you know. The allegations of abuse stretch back to the 1980s. Oh. So if you if your parents give permission to a right to, right to do this type of thing, they can and 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 some parents do like a hands off approach. Right, you guys do what you got to do. They might do stuff like that. But even you know? in rehab, like rehab rehab, you're allowed to go outside. I Yeah, yeah. But, as, but if you're a teen yeah. and you're troubled and you're an institution and you sign off on this parent, they, they may have. Yeah, they, I don't they, know. They can confine them. Right. I don't know about that. So, okay. so some, I'm not saying legal. I don't know. What, yeah. what I'm saying is the parents might let them get away with stuff like that. So other people have spoken out about this. And uh, a lot of them are saying there's re- uh, repeated physical restraints with up to 10 staffers piling on young, ch- young children. Some were chemically sedated. Others over medicated to feel like they were zombies. Wow. Well, this needs to be explored further. Others yeah, okay. were left in isolation rooms for days uh, after getting in trouble for things like not getting out of bed or asking for an inhaler. I've got a lot going on, but I'll do it. I'll okay. be the one. I'll go okay. undercover. Right, you'll do it. I'm going to go undercover, I guess, as like a 13-year-old girl is probably my best bet, right? There's a wow. drug problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could, yeah, yeah. Do that. We could, we could uh, work that out. Anyway, uh, this is uh, in this is Paris Hilton explaining how she believes the abuse she went through at the school led to a pattern of abusive relationships. Uh, that she is only now emerging from. Wow. Well, who knew? Interesting. You do have young-looking skin. I do. I honestly do. Yeah. And that's going to be what, hopefully, I can sell it. Oh, what, we're going to send you like you're yeah. a, a student? Yeah. Oh. Hi, my name is Debbie. Yeah. 
Oh, we, no, 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 nobody names her kid Debbie anymore. You got to be like, no, I'm going to go with Debbie. I'm, I'm, in, I'm a trouble girl. Okay. Don't f with my undercover. I, I, no, yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to help. I'm trying to help. I'm going to get, get the me, of this thing. You're going to get me killed in there, man. <laughs> All right, I have some other stories. Right. A furious Anne Hache left uh, Dancing with the Star set Monday after being eliminated following a mix-up. Hache refused to do press and left the lot immediately. Harumph! Uh, she wasn't the only one who was confused after new host Tyra Banks announced that uh, cheer coach Monica. Uh, Aldama and pro partner Val Cheremovsky, or however you say his name, were safe. Uh, then they were actually trailing the pack. Then Banks said that Haish and pro uh, Keo Matsep and Vernon Davis and Peta Murgatroyd were at the bottom two, leaving Chriselle's. Anyway, she screwed <laughs> they got, it up. They got kicked off. She screwed were, it up. And or yeah, she kicked off the wrong ones, and Anne Haish was ended. Ended up being sent home, and she wasn't happy about it. Tire so. bags screwed up so much, she announced one of them the winner of America's Got Talent. Wow. Oh, wait, yeah. right. So, wait, I'm, I'm confused. Who accidentally got kicked off? I don't remember who accidentally got kicked off, but it was supposed to be Anne Hayes, and they eventually kicked him off. Okay. So, anyhow, uh, Banks called Aldama and Chermovsky back. They, I guess they were, they were originally kicked off. Um, she said there had been an error in the control room. This is craziness of live TV. I'm sorry this is live TV. Uh, but the pair were saved, and Hayes was sent home. Banks tweeted, Wowzers, live TV, wrong name on cards, so challenging to deal with moments like these, but we power through. Tom Bergeron would have gotten it right. Uh, Probably. (laughs) And, of course, there were comparisons to Steve Harvey's infamous snafu at the Miss Universe pageant. And the assassination of President Lincoln. It does happen. And, of course, we saw the the La La Land. uh, Oh, my God. uh, One of the biggest of all time. uh Uh-huh. At the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nearly a year after HBO announced that it would create a Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, the series has cast its leading man. The show will take place 300 years before Game of Thrones. And it's someone you just mentioned. It's Steve Harvey, isn't it? No, it is not. Uh, and will follow members of House Targaryen over 10 episodes. Patty Considine will play King Viserys oh, Targaryen. I like that actor. He's, Who, yeah, I, um, I'll pull him up. I don't know okay. if you recognize him, Preston, but he's a, he's a really good actor. He's a good choice. He's chosen by the Lords of Westeros to succeed oh. uh, succeed the old king, uh, Jaehaerys Targaryen, at the Great Council at Harrenhal. Uh, I you don't know him? Don't he's, in a hot, he's in some of the... Um, Oh shoot! Hot tub time machine? No, no, he's in Hot Fuzz. Um, but I'm trying to think of like his biggest role. But I, he's a he's a character actor. He's Irish, and he's shown up in a lot of things over the years. Okay. I watched him in a Netflix show where he plays a, a cop, and he gets a this drug uh, addict to basically be a, an informant for him. I wouldn't. It's okay. called The Informer. Oh, <laughs> Informer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> informer. <laughs> God bless us, no. <laughs> What's the name of that show where the guy turns the guy into the informer? Helicky <laughs> like boom boom down. All right. That was good, man. We all enjoy that? Uh-huh. All right, so they've, they've cast him as the lead. Uh, let's see. Tyler Perry is set to be honored with the People's Champion Award Ooh. at the 2020 E People's Choice Awards set for Sunday, November 15th. I think the actual award is champion that people should think is a champion but don't. Okay, that's the actual award. Right. Uh so he it's uh, the 15th of November and the director entrepreneur and philanthropist to work in entertainment and in support of charitable organizations earned him the honor. I am the champion. <laughs> I am the champion. <laughs> All right. That's him accepting his award. Yeah. Uh yeah, he deserved it. Yeah, Certainly he he's very altruistic. Yeah. 
Uh, in Will Smith's latest YouTube video, he and his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, addressed the entanglement memes. I'm not familiar with the entanglement memes. So I guess where he's, it looks like he's crying. Right. Yeah. The, the couple addressed the Will Smith crying meme and explained that he wasn't actually crying before shooting the sure. August Elsina Red Table Talk episode. He was just tired. And Jada said, he doesn't cry. He wasn't crying. Well, but I saw him cry in I Am Legend when the dog died. He cried a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then when, also in Concussion, he cried a little bit He there does too, cry yeah. a little bit in that. Uh, Will added, we were shooting at midnight because we were trying to rush and go to the airport in the morning. I said, reshoot it, but it played out, and everyone is like, poor Will. <sighs> Will so tie tie. They love thyself <laughs> some Will, he said. He was so tie tie. And you get a little cranky when you're tie tie. Uh, let's see. Juliana Rancic. Says she's uh, feeling good two weeks after sharing her coronavirus diagnosis. The e-host was set to host the Emmy Award red carpet pre-show and had to step down after the diagnosis. Uh, her husband, Bill Rancic, and their son, Duke Rancic, had also tested positive. Uh, she told E, uh, I want to say thank you to everyone who sent us the well wishes. Those messages always managed to put a smile on our faces, and we really appreciated everyone's kindness. Steve, I didn't know this actor. I assume you probably do. All right. Clark Middleton died. He was 63 years old. Um, he was on, he was in Twin Peaks, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., CSI, Fringe, Law and Order. I don't think he had main roles in any of It sounds familiar. I saw a picture of him. He has a very unique, very round face, bald head. Clark Middleton. Uh, he's got kind of a small facial feature. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Steve, uh, you probably saw him most recently in uh, Snowpiercer, that Chris mm-hmm. Evans movie. Yeah. He's in uh, that. His widow, Alyssa, shared the news writing, thank you for your love and support. Uh, and I cannot count the number of times he said, give the world your best and the best will come back to you, quoting his father, Mel. And he meant it. He is the light, happy and free and sends love. Uh, he he died of West Nile virus. I oh, saw that. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't. There's a, a blast. It's almost in the past. a relief, you know? I know. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, good uh, news. He died of West Nile. Yeah, relief? What? <laughs> <laughs> when you hear somebody like, I not know you're dying sad, but I have some good news. It yeah. was West Nile. I said almost. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> hey, everybody! It was West Nile. Woo! Woo! All right. <laughs> Woo! Oh my God! Bring on Applebee's. <laughs> he will be missed. <laughs> Rest in peace, that guy. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, and then one last thing. Uh, Netflix reversed its renewal of the dramedy Glow, starring Mark Maron, uh, citing COVID-19 concerns as a result that it would not go forward the fourth and final season. Uh, I was reading an article that explained um, that Netflix is on a, what appears to be a canceling hmm. jag. But really? the truth of the matter is... Is uh, the way they judge the success of a show happens immediately in downloads and views. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's a, it's a different model, and they also, you know, you go onto Netflix, and there are twelve new shows you haven't heard anybody yeah. pre-promote or announce, and so many times things are just discovered by happenstance. Yeah. Yeah. So for them, it's just standard procedure to kind of, you know, take the inventory, pull out what they, you know, what they're what's not doing even moderately well, yeah. and try to favor the stuff that hits immediately. Hey, I've never done this, but I watched a documentary on Netflix uh, last night, and I'm urging anybody listening right now to not watch it. It's called An American Murder. If you want to know how it ends, oh, just I... uh, it's terrible. No, d- wait, don't tell me. Why, what do you mean? Because it is... I, don't say anything. When it was over, <laughs> I was so 
sad. Okay, don't and say anything anymore. I, I didn't feel good about life. I didn't feel good about myself oh. after watching it. You heard American Murder and you thought, this is going to pet me up. Well, so I, I, so I was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be wild. Yeah. This is going to, you know, and, yeah. and I mean, you know, when you get to the final payoff, like you're like, oh. How does something How does that like happen? that happen? This is South America. Uh, well, listen, that's, you, can't, you don't give it away. I mean, just because it made you feel bad. I mean, it's... I don't want anybody... So what yeah, I'm trying to do is... actually might get something out of it. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know how anybody can get anything the out of it. The preview popped yeah. up the other day. Yeah. And I, and and I watched it, and Jace was going to be home in like 10 minutes. I'm like, I can't start it now, but it's like on my list. I'm going back right. and I want to watch it. Well, you want... Well, you watched it all the way to completion, correct? Yeah. All right, so I'm Kathy, warning, you watch I mean, it, and let's have battling reviews. I'm okay. warning all you, right. Kathy, don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Why, just because it's so sad and depressing? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay, that's well, not that's, a reason. I mean, you know, yeah, I it's, know. Uh, it sucks, I'm sure, but, yeah. you know. It's a, I watched the Wizards of Waverly Place, and that's a downer. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. All right, anyhow, uh, what was I saying? I don't know, something oh, about yeah. uh, Glow. Banks. No, Glow was, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh Canceled, and then Teenage Bounty Hunters was also canceled. That looked Teenage good. Teenage Bounty Hunters? I wanted to watch that. Yeah, I saw the preview for it. Yeah, it looked pretty good. Is it like uh, reality? It, no, it's like two, It's like two. Um, okay. Two. you know, the Valley Girl type girls who are actually accomplished uh, bounty hunters. Okay. Hang on. Mario wants to chime in about American murder. Is that what it's called? American murder. Mm-hmm. Hi, uh, Mario. Hey, big brown Guatemalan nipples. <laughs> mm-hmm. Getting sucked down by all sorts of pebbles in Palma. <laughs> I do want to say something. I am Guatemalan, and I have just just the tiniest little glass cutters that you could even imagine. I do not have big nipples at all. You do not. <laughs> and, so the and nipples... let, let, it gives us a more well-rounded picture of the Guatemalan nipple scene. Yeah. Yeah. All right, <laughs> come on. Let's get to the substance here. What do you want to say? So I watched American Murderer the other night, and... I finished it, like, I don't know, 9.30. I swear I wanted to wake up my little eight-month-old baby and just hug her and just snuggle her little cute face. Kathy, don't do it to yourself. Oh, well, man. let me ask you. Let me ask you this, uh, Mario. Mario. Um, <laughs> it, uh, was it a good show that just left you emotional? Um, uh, I see. It's kind of it's one or the other. The way it was put together was all right it left you in suspense and i was like i had an anxiety ball in my chest like the whole time right yeah, right the way, uh, the way they sort of time things out and and so when it when it gets to the end of the documentary they they you know they show their lives just like days before and right. you just you all right stop it well it's okay. meant to devastate Thank you, Mario. i will yeah. tell you this and if this puts it in any kind of perspective i cradled my wife for hours after the series finale of Nash Bridges. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> shows can do that. It was yeah. sad to see it go. Sad mm. to see it go. Anyway, we better get to the clips okay. because it's already like 10 minutes after 7. All right, so where the hell are my clips? Something about Tyra Banks. Oh, here it is. Uh, here we go. How about this? Season 15 uh, is the final season of the beloved CW TV series Supernatural. And this season promises to end the show on a good note. In this clip, star Jensen Eccles tells the story of when production of the 15th season shut down before they wrapped filming. We had shot one day of the second to last episode and everybody's emotions were starting to get all churned up and it was like this final push and boom, they pulled the plug on us. And I'm like, this is great because we can come back. We're refreshed. We got some rest. (laughs) Now it's like, all right, I'm fresh. I'm good. Let's go. Everybody's, I think, really kind of itching to get back and get this thing over the finish line. Yeah! 
All right. He's joining the, the boys in the third season. Uh, the next episode of Supernatural premieres tomorrow at 8 o'clock on the CW. Here's the next clip. As the second entry into the Haunting Anthology series, The Haunting of Bly Manor takes place, uh, I'm sorry, takes this TV series uh, down a darker path than its predecessor. And in this clip, creator Mike Flanagan discusses the craziness behind the filming of the six episodes long take. It was funny. The actors, they were very terrified of being the reason why we have to reset. It almost never happened. The crew started rehearsing for that episode before we shot the pilot. And the actors would meet regularly while we shot the first five episodes. They'd meet on weekends and evenings to rehearse. No one wanted to be the reason why a shot was abandoned. If you drop a line or something goes wrong and you call cut, you just have to start over. Uh, the Haunting of Blind Manor officially comes out on Netflix Friday. It's The Haunting of Blythe Danner, did you say? It says Bly here, so and right. it's written that way twice. So it's not Blythe Danner. It says B-L-Y, Bly right. Manor. So, all right, anyhow. Uh, there you go. That's your entertainment report. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to dive into the life of Eddie Van Halen when we get back, and we're playing nothing but Van Halen music uh, this morning and some cool cuts at that. Uh, we do have some other guests and things going on. We'll bring you up to speed on all of that in a little while. So we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. We all got kind of hosed on that whole basketball bracket thing back in March. So we're bringing back the bracket with MMR's Rocktober Madness. Beginning today, listen as your favorite bands battle it out and you decide who wins. Starting with 64 bands split into four regions. The Air Pancake, Preston Steve, Jackson Sarah, and Jackie Brent. Matchups every weekday at 11.30 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. with Pierre and 3.30 and 5.30 with Jackson. And that's where you come in. Pull up the app or WMMR.com and vote for your favorite bands to move on or go home. It all comes down to one band. Crowned champion of Rocktober Madness. Sponsored by Horizon Services. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and indoor air quality. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Real quick, just uh, just to put a little perspective on Eddie Van Halen. Um, you know, in the 19... 19- Early 1960s, the guitar really started to come into its own as a right. driving force of, of music. And, you know, before that even, but the real guitarists started to surface. Your Eric Clapton's, your, you know, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck were all starting to just bubble up. And then breakout musicians known for their capability. And then Jimi Hendrix came along in the late 60s yeah. and took it to another dimension, doing things that people had never done before with right. the instrument. and. You know, it was still bluesy, and uh, but it had a, a, a louder, stronger, more in-your-face feel to it, and he was an absolute genius. Um, and things kind of stayed that way, and, and people, you know, took on his style and, and, and others, you know, like your, your Claptons and Pages and so on. But then in 1978, this happened. Nobody had heard people right, doing what this guy did with the instrument. It's it jumped, it jumped way ahead, light years by uh, experimenting with what the instrument could do, uh, techniques. You know, I'm, I'm not a guitar player, but I was I've always been in awe of great guitar players and the finger tapping techniques and all the things that he was doing. You know, in some of the songs. From Van Halen, you can hear Eddie doing things like uh, plucking at the um, 
the springs on the back part of the tremolo on the rear of the guitar. Right. Pling, you would make these noises. Or the strings at the very top near where the, the tuning knobs are. He would plink at those. and, and On you a know, guitar he built, correct? Yeah. So the Frankenstrat, I was reading the history on that, uh, was something that he created. He wanted a certain sound. And so he took a Stratocaster body and he put all different kinds of pickups in it, a different neck. He used all kinds of bizarre overriding techniques. I remember reading, you know, back in the, in the 1980s, uh, a description of what he would do not only to his guitar but to his amplifiers as well. And it flat out said, don't try this at home. <laughs> it's dangerous. Right. Like electronically, you could you could hurt yourself trying to rig the amp the way that he did and i don't know what all he did he may have you know put little slits in the in the cone or i he did all kinds of things to to give it a very specific tone and sound he was he was looking for and obviously he achieved that because it was incredible nobody had ever heard a guitar sound like that before it's interesting because we had steve haggett uh, from formerly a genesis on the show um last week or the week before everything blurs together but um, he had a bit of innovation credited to him. He said that, you know, in, in a way that Van Halen had once mentioned that he was influenced by his playing. But there was such a comprehensive, like, if you talk about where they were in the 70s and, um, you know, this desire, he 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 taught himself, right, self-taught yeah. player, yeah. Uh, that he expanded the use of the guitar in such a full way. And for, correct me if I'm wrong, but his first instrument of choice was the drums, yeah, and, well, and they, Alex was the wanted to play the guitar. Even before that, they yeah. both took piano lessons, right? And uh, and even then, Eddie didn't read music. He didn't read printed music. Um, he played by ear, right? Um, and he's just one of those one of those gifted people who it made sense to him. And so they played piano, and he didn't find it challenging enough. God, piano is one of the most difficult instruments to play, I think, in my in my experience. Uh, but anyhow, um, so uh, Alex got a guitar. Eddie got a drum set, and then apparently Alex, he, he found Alex playing his drums one day, and he was playing Wipeout, and he's like, wow, that's way better than me, <laughs> so I'll go grab this guitar, and started plinking around with that, and then they both each headed in the, that direction. To plink and get to that point. Yeah. To, to get to that point where you're you're that good. Now, they, they, they were Pasadena, California, right? Um, Wasn't that their... I think so. Yeah. Okay. And, where, and they ended up being an L.A. band. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and but so they're originally from um, Amsterdam. Right. Right. Yeah. But um, the the fact that they they took it. We mentioned Gene Simmons. Um, you know, he was he was their earliest champion. Yeah, oh, one yeah, of them. Yeah. 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 The, the, their big the big name that that came in and and said, "Wow, okay, these guys are something." That's pretty else. amazing. Yeah. So music finds you at different points in your life, right? And and uh, for me, for this band, it was at, at the age of nine. I'm curious for you guys when uh, you discovered or w when Van Halen hit you. The first song I remember hearing, and I was probably in. It must have been in 1979, 78 or 70. No, I don't remember what year it was, but I, I remember being a kid. And my sister, the song came on the radio, and it was, uh, and the cradle will rock. Mm -hmm. And I, and certainly they had had songs before that. For some reason, it just hadn't popped up on my radar. And I remember hearing that, and I was telling, you know, I went on the air with uh, Jackson and Pierre yesterday, that it was, it seemed so heavy yeah. and hard rock <laughs> that it actually kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, I don't <laughs> want nothing to do with that devil music. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. There's nothing good to yeah, come yeah. from that. 
but that's the first I remember hearing Van Halen. I, oh, I'm sorry, Kathy. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just going to tell a story. Nick, it's funny that you say nine years old. So yesterday, um, I got the text from you guys, and uh, I wasn't having great cell service. So I tried to click on the link that was sent, and I, I couldn't get to it. And I'm like, is this like a joke where Uh-oh, you know it's yeah. going to be a picture of something or right. whatever? So I had to wait a while. And so finally it came up. I confirmed you know, that he, that he had passed away, and Jace was in the car with me. And he was like, what is it? Because he heard, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And he's like, what is it? So I said, um, you know, a rock star, Eddie Van Halen, you know, died. And he goes, oh, eruption. Whoa. I was no like, way. I go, what? And he goes, yeah, eruption. Now, Jace takes music classes. I guess that's where he learned it. I didn't oh, teach wow. it to him. Huh. And then so then we went through, um, like, the whole library because we had to wait an wow. hour and a half in the car for something. So we were sitting there. We had nothing to do. And we were listening to songs he was going through. He was telling me which one, which ones he liked, which was awesome. And, you know, like, it, it was really Isn't cool. that crazy? So yeah. we were, How old is he again? He's nine. That's He's why nine. I thought yeah. Nick said it was nine when you yeah. first I mean, you know, remember listening to it. I, it was 1984, the, the year and the album. And uh, I remember I, I, I tweeted this out yesterday, but it, uh, on my walk, man, I had that was like the first cassette that was ever really mine. It was not my parents handed down music. It was it was Van Halen was for me and listening to that. And this was three or four albums in at this point. So they were established. But for me, that was my introduction to the which band. album was it? 84, 1984. Okay. Yeah. And, Masterpiece. and it was. And and. You know, as a nine-year-old, I'm looking at a baby smoking a cigarette. Right. <laughs> right. What is going on here? Right. It was Friday Night Video Fights on MTV where Jump had um, just dominated from Friday to Friday to Friday. And right. I think it set the record for, you know, the most amount of wins in a row. And, you know, Nick, I was the same age as you. I was 1984. I was nine years old. And it was my older brother who had turned me on to... And that's what older brothers do. They um, they kick your ass, and then they turn you on to kick-ass music. And yeah. so he was the one who introduced me at, through Friday Night Video Fights uh, to Van Halen. So he, he passed from cancer. He had had uh, oral uh, cancer issues. Uh, he had a, he had a, had beaten it, it appeared, and then it came back. And from what I understand, cancer from that had gone to his brain, right? Which happens. It actually is what ended up. My mother died. Uh, uh, she had brain cancer, uh, but they later found out that it had it come went. from her lungs, uh. which they discovered later. And so it's 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 tragic. And I was saying to you, Preston, when we talked, I said. For some reason, I was thinking about Eddie Van Halen lately and, and how we hadn't heard anything, anything. on mm. his mm. Um, his situation, his medical situation. Well, when he originally was diagnosed, he had right what he had part of his tongue removed. He had yeah. a third of his tongue removed. Yeah, I don't remember when exactly that took place. I think it was yeah. in 2000, <clears throat> I read. Um, one of the things I want to stress, and I, I had mentioned this to uh, Jackson and Pierre yesterday, was... You know, Eddie's known as the the guitar god that he is, the shredder, the, his his technical abilities to play. But one of the things that that can't be overlooked is his ability as a songwriter, um, because you can be you can go on YouTube and you can see a thousand people, kids that are you know in their teens that can play at that level, that can just absolutely tear up the guitar, right, and and do amazing technical things. But what they can't do are write song after song after song after song that connect with a large group of people. That or is an amazing talent. To fight the urge to always set off the fireworks yes. and, and defer to the melody when the song is better served by something more simple. Yeah. And, and they were able to do that. And that's what amazes me. I have a very clear memory of uh, one Christmas I was getting a stereo that I was not supposed to know about. 
I found out I was getting this stereo, Preston. I found out where it was in the house. <laughs> I unboxed it, <laughs> set it up, played Eruption. Yeah. And then reboxed it, retaped it. And, and like two or three times before Christmas, I took it out when my parents had left and played Eruption on the speakers <laughs> to, to hear it, and then retaped it, reboxed it, and hit it back. Um, all right, so I, I, for me, my favorite album is, is 1984. And the way the album starts off is with that synthesizer, and the song is called 1984. Yep. Who's playing the synth on That's that? That's Eddie. That, I, I thought it was. I just I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, it's just it's such a great cool. way, and it goes right into Jump, and I know that Jump is like, it's the pop song. Um, it was their only uh, number one hit yeah. that they ever had, yeah. Um, but that into that is, I think, just as good as uh, Eruption into um, You Really Got you Me. Really got me. I, I get chills when I hear that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And we don't actually have it in the system. I want somebody to send that over. I have a cool story about that. Uh, oh, cool. That video. It was uh, so 1984 came out, and uh, it was MTV December 31st, 1990 or 1983 at midnight, the first day of 1984. They, I stayed up to watch. I mean, it was New Year's Eve. I was going to stay up, but they they played the the jump video, and it was a simple video. It was just they rented a you know a, a, a performance space, and it's just these guys yep. in the room playing the yep. song. I just was going bonkers <laughs> to see him play. And that guitar solo was just mm. out freaking standing. But they, they made that rise at the same time as MTV being so important in, in promoting music and promoting videos. And so there was, it was this confluence of, of of pop and MTV and Van Halen at their at their peak at that point, you know, as, as far as commercial sales go. Yeah. And they all came together at the same time. And so Eddie was a bit of a heartthrob. Yeah, uh, he was. Um, yeah, you know, smile. He had that smile, and and the front man, and he gets knocked, and sometimes rightfully so. David Lee Roth, um, they, they that was what you needed at that time to yeah. propel. Yeah. They caught the wave of MTV and went nuts. Yeah, we had uh, Paul Gilbert. If you're not familiar yeah. with Paul Gilbert, he's a, he's a guitar god. He was in here uh, earlier this year, and. and he had said, listen, without a great front man, a guitarist is just a guitarist. You got, there needs to be somebody along with. So, you know, Jimmy Page had Robert Plant. Yeah. Uh, Eddie had Dave. You know, I mean, it's, they, they were, they were a package deal at the time and they, they propelled each other. Uh, when, one of the things I loved, um, from the Van Halen albums, and unless you're a real fan, you don't really know it because you haven't listened to full albums, but Eddie did a lot of small little guitar interludes, um, that were just parts of songs or, played on their own. This one was from um, Diver Down. And I, when, the first time I saw them in concert, uh, they played it, and I had no idea that how they were doing this, but it was called Cathedral. And Eddie would play this live, and essentially he just has a, a, a delay on his guitar. And instead of using a volume pedal, he would use his right hand while he was strumming the chords, he would turn the volume up and down ah. with his pinky. Oh, wow. And so when it gets to this part right here... He's essentially turning the volume knob up and down as he's playing, and the delay repeats it, and that's why you get that sound. You can't hear the actual percussiveness of the pick hitting the uh, the string, and so he would do techniques like that that were just that he came up with, just yeah. playing around, farting around that's with crazy. the guitar. Yeah, Chris, you showed me video. It was just no longer than two weeks ago. I look at Eddie Van Halen videos all the okay. time. So yeah, it was the one where he is with a guitar. Making elephant sounds yeah. and horse sounds. Yeah. 
Like he, with a guitar. It was. It's pretty wild. He had these way of, of creating these sounds that you're like, no, that's an elephant. That's, that's a sound effect. Who gets it? And I've I always loved. So my brother is is a guitarist, and uh, he would get uh, Guitar Player magazine and all those different magazines. And of course, Eddie Van Halen was always on the cover, or you know, or the next cover. And you'd read these interviews and about this, about the stuff he would create. But Eddie Van Halen completely appreciated his contemporaries and completely appreciated other guitarists. Like, he adored Brian May. Yeah. Love oh, Brian yeah. May. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they all had love for each other for sure. In fact, Brian May posted a really uh, sweet tribute to him yesterday. Um, but, yeah, Casey, with that, I, I, lately I've been watching. He did, he did a bunch of, Eddie did a bunch of... Uh, Stints uh, just by himself on uh, David Letterman. Yeah, and so I've been going back where he would just sit in with the band and play and the night. It, yeah. And I've been going back and watching those lately. And with I a was, world caliber band, I was showing uh, Casey one uh, where he's on. All of a sudden, you hear somebody go, "Whoa!" And I go, "That wasn't somebody saying whoa. That was Eddie using his guitar, oh and it God. literally sounds like a guy going whoa like that. He just could create these great sounds. Here's another uh, interlude that I always thought was pretty awesome. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah, it's called Spanish Fly. We'll play some of it, not the whole thing. But doing these tapping harmonics, you know, on an acoustic guitar. Flamenco guitar yes. players yeah. because um, uh, on another song, Little Guitars, he, there's an intro to it, and you guys have probably heard this before, which is very much in that style as well. And he does this cool technique where he uses the pick on one string right there, and then his left hand is playing the bass parts uh, up and down the neck. So yet another, you know, hey, let me do this. Let me do this a let bunch of this. different yeah. ways and. Show you what it sounds like. The mark of a genius. Yeah. Um, I remember David Lee Roth talking about one time how there was not a whole lot of rock music that you could dance to until Van Halen came along, and and so Dance the Night Away is a perfect example. Of True. Like this yeah. Really poppy, upbeat uh, rock music that you could actually there was a, there was a, a dance uh, rhythm to it. Um, did Eddie ever sing on any of the songs? Um, I don't know. Maybe backups a little bit. Okay. He never. He definitely. He was known as not a good singer because Michael would sing backups. Michael, yeah. and if you go back and you listen to the songs, most of the backups you hear are Dave and Michael. Dave would track another one. You know, he would he would be, and you're like, oh yeah, that's Dave singing the backups. You can hear it once you listen for it. But Dave and Michael doing the harmonies. But when they were live, yeah, he would he would sing. Okay, the best singer in that band was was Michael. Right, right. I mean, could, yeah, yeah. his range was really right, right, he yeah. could get really really high. And they'll play another little clip, and then we're going to go to a guest. Um, of this, uh, this is this beautiful song. It's not typical Eddie Van Halen in that it's very, very simple. It's called 316. And I think this was from, from Awful Carnal Knowledge. I'm not 100% sure which album comes off of, but Chuck D'Amico told me the story of this last night. I did not know this. It's such a beautiful song and I always loved it, but it's called 316 because that's his son Wolfgang's birthday. And he would play this... To Valerie's belly when she was pregnant, wow. to kind of soothe him if it was if he was acting up. Valerie Bertinelli, yeah, yeah, and he would calm down Aww. when he would play this little tune for him. Isn't that a great story? Yeah. Wow. All right. So 
Uh, I'm going to go to uh, tell Dr. Mike. We'll, we'll talk to him another time. Right? Yeah. If you want to talk about Eddie's cancer, I appreciate it, Dr. Mike, but we don't have a whole lot of time because we're going to go live on Fox Good Day in a second. Our next guest actually sent this clip over to me this morning because right. this was his final guitar solo, believe it or not. Really? Live, live guitar solo. I'll play a little bit of it. That's that little guitars uh, intro. It's amazing. So this was at the Hollywood Bowl in uh, 2015. So I guess that was his last live performance. All right, so we're going to get our buddy uh, Ike Richmond, who was uh, a promo guy at Wells Fargo Center for the longest time, and is, uh, we've known him for ages. Biggest Van Halen fan uh, I've met. So, hey, Ike, how you doing, man? Ike, oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. I didn't have the button pressed. Ike, are you there, bud? I like turtles. Oh. <laughs> All right. You still got yeah. your sense of humor. There that's, you go, yeah. That's that's a good thing. And, and so did Eddie. Um. Yeah, man, it, this had to have been a blow. It was a blow to all fans, obviously, but you, you really, you, you had a, you had a relationship somewhat uh, with Eddie, did you? It's sort of when the fan becomes the friend. Yeah, and it's you grow up watching the band, becoming uh, a a freak for the band, and then when you get into the business and you're afforded the opportunity to meet somebody. And then befriend them, it, it takes it to a new whole, a whole new level. And it's, uh, I think, the world around us today is like Jamie. We're all crying today. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's sad. And, and, and Preston, you, you said, did Eddie ever sing on a song? Eddie sang back up on most, but he did sing lead on one. It's called How Many Say I, and it's on Van Halen 3. Huh. And it's uh, it's a piano song. Take a listen to it uh, one time. I think that might be just enough. All right. How Many Say I? How many say I? It's on Van Halen 3. He sang lead. I only saw them do that live once. They okay. pulled out a baby grand piano, and he sang it in Houston back in 98. It's, I will, uh, it's a rare one. I will check that one out here in a little bit. Um, so what's what are your memories of, of you know, being friends with him? Uh, he, he was he, Ed, Ed was one of those rock stars that never wanted to be a rock star. He just <laughs> wanted to play guitar. He, he wasn't. He was shy. He was quiet. He, he just wanted to play music and just have fun. He didn't want the attention on him. You you could be at a concert and the fans would start yelling, Eddie, Eddie, and he would kind of turn around and point to the other guys in the band or kind of shun from it. He, he just wanted to play music. He, he wasn't he wasn't a rock star. He just wanted to have fun. He was always smiling. He was always upbeat. Just loved loved to play music, and that's what it was. All right, with, with, with both uh, David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar and, and, that, and what you're saying right now, um, and there, there was conflict with both at certain points, um, you know, with um, the Van Halen brothers. And um, do you think there there was a, a a difference of philosophies in the embracing of that rock star stuff and, and putting on the airs and simply just the love of the music? Was was that do you think it's sometimes the point of conflict between the two lead singers? I don't ever look at it as conflict. They're really two different styles of band. I think Ed said, you're the front man. You get up and do your thing and let me play my music, and that's it. And, and they had fun. And every time you'd see them in concert, it was always a fun right. night for the fans and a fun night for the band. Yeah. How many times did you see him, Ike? 69 times. First time at the Spectrum in 81, and the last time was at Woodstock, Bethel Woods, uh, five years ago in September. Hey, did it? Did somebody had texted in that they or, or emailed me yesterday that uh, part of the Panama video might have been shot at the Spectrum? Do you know anything about that? 
1984, they filmed the crowd scenes for at both nights, March 20 and 21, 1984. They filmed the crowd shots for the Panama video. When they flew over the crowd, that was filmed in Connecticut uh, a couple weeks earlier. Okay. So right. what was the interaction like with with the fans? We know, you know, I, uh, there are people last night, and you, you start to see the, uh, the the stories flooding in of, of uh, people who had encountered. There was one recent picture that it would surfaced. I, it was maybe... 10 months ago, I, I guess Eddie took a picture with the fan and seemed to really I- enjoy it. What was your perception of the way they interacted and the way Eddie did? Well, Ed, Eddie, I, I said earlier, he was shy. He didn't know how to really converse with everybody. He just loved giving everybody the gift of music, and I think people appreciated that. And, and I was at the Smithsonian back in 2015. Ed spoke at a lecture series. And at the end of the series, the guy makes an announcement. He says, everybody, Eddie will now meet you, sign autographs, and take pictures. And Ed looks at me and goes, I, what? Yeah. I said, we got this. I'll handle this. He goes, how are you going to do that? I said, watch. I've done this enough for bands <laughs> at the spectrum. Everybody line up on the left. Ed, you stand here next to me. They get 30 seconds, no autographs. You get a picture, and you move on. He goes, that was the best. He smiled with everyone, hugged everybody. And anybody that was there said it was the greatest thing. It's just... <laughs> He, he he was more excited to play music for people, but if they wanted to come and get a hug, he was happy to give them a hug and a photo. He was, All right. It was great. It was great. Like, I, you know, I think every city thinks that they have a really special relationship with the band, but I, I, I genuinely believe that Van Halen loved playing in Philadelphia. Can you speak to that a little bit? I think Van Halen loved playing in Philadelphia, and I think the Spectrum is one of the reasons. that At the Spectrum, the crowd was right on top of the band, and the band could feel that energy. And just like a sporting event, Philadelphia fans let you know when you're on and when you're off. And when they're on, it's a great freaking show. And Eddie would walk off the stage. He said it in Philly at the Wells Fargo Center. I think it was 2012. He goes, or, uh, yeah, 2012. He goes, now that was fun. Walking mm. off the stage, he goes, that was fun. Speaking of the, rela- the energy. relationship with the city, I think it, maybe it was last year I stumbled across this. And it might have been... I don't remember record store. Maybe it was like Peaches or something like that, and or it might have been Tower Records. I'm not sure, but anyhow, there was there were pictures mm-hmm. of Van Halen. It might have been the debut album, and they did a signing. And MMR was there. And MMR was there, <laughs> and they showed pictures of the store before <laughs> and after. Yeah. And it was just it was destroyed. Uh, and I, I I I need to go back and find that because I, I, that was. Where did we see that? We, we were talking talked about, about it. that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was in... If you go to VanHillenNewsDesk.com, it was May of 1979. It was Peaches in Northeast Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. The anticipation for Van Halen to come in there was outrageous. And when they left, I don't think there was anything left in the store. We yeah. were recent. We were apprised of this recently for the 50th anniversary of the of the station, and that's where I remember first seeing these pictures, and they're they're pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, Van Halen brought a party wherever they went, and they sure left one at Peaches, and, and there wasn't much left of the story. <laughs> like, somebody brought to my attention, uh, I think earlier this year or last year, uh, a documentary. It's a 15-minute documentary. You can watch it on YouTube, and it's called The Lost Weekend Partying with Van Halen. And the winner got to spend this weekend, and he was from Phoenixville. Do you know about it? Yeah, back in 1984, MTV had launched the contest where you could mail in a postcard and you could go on a lost weekend with Van Halen in Detroit. And I, I always laugh with Jeff Gordon at Live Nation because we, did, we didn't send in enough postcards. I, I told Jeff I sent in 100. He said he sent in 200, and neither of us won. <laughs> oh my God. But the guy, Kurt Loader from Phoenixville, won, and he got to go to 
Detroit with Van Halen, and you gotta watch the documentary because I think from the, about the first, I think they remember only arriving in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! They remember anything? It's only right. 15 minutes long. It's on YouTube. I, I can't recommend it more highly. It's really entertaining. It's a glimpse into 80s bacchanalia and and partying with a rock band, and it's definitely a lost weekend. It, it, I don't think they remembered anything. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, I gotta, I have to see that. Um, I, think, I think at the end of the documentary, he says, I have the shirt, I have the jacket, and I think that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. At least he has a couple of keepsakes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. funny. That's funny. So, Ike, um, you know, what What are you doing? Are you, you, you're, you probably listen to Van Halen regularly, but are you are you reminiscing with some music, uh, you know, today? I'm playing my air guitar to Mean Streets, Unchained, Humans Being. I'm just, I'm listening to it. Uh, it's it's been five years since I last saw Ed, and uh, I miss him every day. I miss their music, but the good news is we do have the memories. We do have the music, and mm-hmm. I just recommend everybody, if you get a chance today, put on Fair Warning. It's, oh, it's the That's my favorite album. Yeah. Quick, quick, another quick question before you go. Um, the Obviously, uh, uh, somebody of this level passes. We're in COVID times and lockdowns and so on and so forth. But I assume there's already a tribute in the works. And I have you heard anything? Has there been any suggestion? I know it's I just have, a quick turnaround. I haven't heard anything, oh, yeah. but I'm sure there's a lot of people looking to uh, pay tribute to Ed when the appropriate time comes. And, right. And I was thinking about Eddie Van Halen last night and when he crossed over. And I bet you he went out there and looked for some of the guys that he grew up listening to, like John Bonham, Malcolm Young, Bob right. Scott, and they had one hell of an all-star jam last night. But this guy rumbling. He loved ACDC. He loved Led Zeppelin, and he would be up there looking for those guys to play with. All right. Night, I'm sure. Yep, you're right. All right, Ike, uh, we just wanted to touch base. Thanks for checking in, man. Thank you, guys. Yep. All right. for us. All oh, right. Yeah, you got it. We'll talk to you. All right, um, we're going to go live on Fox Good Day. They want to talk a little bit about Van Halen, but we got a break right now. So All we're right. We're going to do that, and we're going to come back in just a moment or two. Make sure you stay with us this morning. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Tala. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Hear and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, Local Shots. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We're going to go live on uh, Fox Good Day in just a moment or two. Marissa gave me a signal that said uh, 10 seconds. Sorry, 5 seconds. Uh, We should hear them in just a moment. And uh, obviously they want to talk a little bit about Eddie Van Halen's passing, which we were talking about a little while ago. Um, I should be hearing them. I am not hearing anything. There There it is. is. All right. Taking a live look from our airport camera. What a beautiful look up to the skies this morning. We certainly are. This song taking us back to 1984. Jump, as we remember, one of the greatest guitarists really to ever play here, Eddie Van Halen. President Steve joining us this morning, so young at the age of 65. And I was thinking, President Steve, you know, what artists, very few artists, like 45 years from now, will have that same impact that just crosses generations like Van Halen? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and an innovator, you know, somebody who took uh, took an instrument, did things that people hadn't heard done before, 
Uh, and as I was saying earlier this morning, not only that accomplished of a technical musician, an amazing songwriter on top of that, and wrote songs like Jump and Panama and, you know, song after song after song after song that, uh, you know, uh, Kathy was just telling us earlier this morning, her son, who's nine years old, when she told him about the passing, she, he just goes, you know, he's like, oh, you know, this uh, this rock star died, Eddie Van Halen. He goes, eruption. And I was like, well, oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. He, he knew. I mean, he takes some uh, guitar lessons and stuff, so I guess he learned it there. But I was shocked that uh, he knew and, and uh, understood a little bit why I was, you know, so upset. Yeah. Even people who aren't rock fans probably know who Eddie Van Halen well, is. They probably, oh, they probably sure. they might know through Michael Jackson. They might know yeah. through through uh, through Beat It, you know, and, yeah. and, and other he was he was a gun for hire for a lot of other people. And and uh the funny thing is now in this day and age, so somebody a kid hears the name Van Halen, they can jump on and get the entire catalog, you know, in a second. We used to have to wait for albums to come <laughs> yes, out yes. and and do it. But uh mm-hmm. just an impressive array of work and uh and, and as Preston was pointing out Besides the technical aspect and the innovation and, and like building his own guitar and things of that nature, he wrote those songs. You can do you, you know to, you can do one or the other. A lot of people can just do either or. He mm-hmm. did both. He yeah. wrote he wrote hits. Yeah, which right. is amazing. And I, I also that in the beginning, like he didn't learn from reading music. He would watch his teacher play and learn by sight. Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a played by ear, which I'm always amazed at people like that. They just have, it just makes sense to them. They just have that natural gift and, you know, some people can do it. So that's even more impressive uh, to learn about that. But, I, you know, we had heard stories about him being sick. He yeah. had been going to Germany for these special treatments. Hadn't heard anything for a while. Had no idea that it had taken this turn and you know the same thing had happened with my my favorite drummer of all time neil peart of rush earlier this year so it's these one two punches that just keep happening in in the world of rock music uh that's been a rough past five years or so yeah we declared earlier that no one can utter the words how much worse can 2020 get because it keeps rising to the Mm -hmm. challenge Mm -hmm. and it's uh yeah yeah yeah, absolutely Yep. So uh, we're playing music all, you know, we're playing all Van Halen music this morning. and We've been talking about it, obviously, and I'm sure we'll have a, a special program set up here on MMR because we have a rich history with the band throughout the years. So we'll be doing that. Yeah. Okay. His music continues, his legacy continues, and the impact that he had in a number of the schools as well because he gave to so many music programs yeah. throughout the years. He will be remembered, Van Halen. Yep. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Take care. So, yeah. All right, we did skip traffic, so let's dive into that NJM Insurance Group traffic. Kathy, what you got? Preston, Kathy's going to play the guitar. Oh okay. my God! It's part of a. Please do <laughs> an honor. Schuylkill Expressway westbound jams <laughs> University to 30th Street. The roadway reduced. There she goes. Oh my God! Oh my God! She just just by sight. Oh, go ahead, Kathy. Keep playing. I could do both at the same time. Yeah. It's fine. It's yeah. really not a big deal. East on the oh, my gosh. She's dancing, too. <laughs> you know what? I have a dance story about Van Halen. Okay. Oh, well, we got to hear yeah. that. Okay. Okay. So she's playing the guitar. She's arranging succulents, and she's giving us the traffic. <laughs> East on the Schuylkill slows the Blue Route to Gladwin, the Boulevard to 30th Street. Uh, south on 95, slowing from Cutman through to Bridge. Once you get to the Vine, westbound, it's heavy the Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill Expressway. 55 northbound jam Stepford to 42, and then over the Walt Whitman Bridge. Eastbound direction between the toll plaza and the downside, the roadway reduced to two lanes. This traffic report brought to you by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. Save money with paper mile insurance from Allstate. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right, what's your uh, Van Halen so I did dance? a jive uh, to, I think I think it was, if I heard it, I would know, but I think it was Ice Cream Man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Which would lend itself would to it, that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Case will pull it up here, and, yeah. and I'll play a little bit for you. But it's, it's yeah, it's kind of a... Yeah, yep. I did a jive routine to this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Yeah. You could do a little, like, sock hop dance uh-huh. show this type uh-huh. thing. So, yeah. I, God, do you remember it, the routine? It was so long ago. No, I don't yeah. remember uh, it at all. God, I love this song, man. The guitar solo in this song is just... I was driving my kids yesterday because we were listening to MMR. We were all in the car together. We were coming from an appointment. And I kept doing this thing where I go, listen to this part. Yeah. And I would turn yeah. it way up. Uh-huh. And they're like, right, well. are they receptive? I mean, they're not. Yeah. They're not all in on it. They, I think they were just being nice. It doesn't really speak to, uh, too much to them. But I remember Carter goes, yeah. And I think when I was playing uh, Eruption, yeah. he's like, I remember you playing this for me. So, yeah. Hey, listen, there's um, like we were talking about this earlier uh, in the different stages of the band. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh Van Hagar, I I, I like that, yeah. that that some fantastic songs, mm-hmm. but and then it, there were the it was a more bluesy approach like that that, that David Lee Roth had right. uh, with the, with the band. But I mean, just great great songs that don't, didn't necessarily have the pyrotechnics that you would associate with Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, but were just terrific songs. Oh yeah, Dreams, Best of Both Worlds, Get Up, uh, Summer Nights, um, uh, Black and Blue. There, there was a lot of good stuff from that era of the band. Some people. Didn't even give it a chance. No, they, they, um, which they I understand just missed it out of turn. Dave, Dave's big shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one thing, as far as the live performances went, I personally appreciated the Sammy Hagar live singing aspect, what he brought as a front man to the group. And and I saw them within, in both uh, iterations. So. I, I was, Ike Richmond, we just had on earlier, he was talking about uh, sort of a, a lecture, I guess, that uh, Van Halen was giving, that Eddie was giving at, a, uh, at the Smithsonian, I think you mentioned. And uh, we do have a clip of him giving a lecture okay. uh, concerning Preston, the difficulty of people who were left with having to transcribe okay. his playing. All right, here we go. Because of the things that I created, uh, technique-wise and whatever the way I play, they had to reinvent a whole new way to write music because uh, they could not explain uh, with regular notes what I was doing with this hand. So they had to create a whole new thing called tablature of symbols and numbers and what fingers where and blah, blah, blah. And the funny thing is, I can't read music. Now they come up with a new way to write it, and I, and, and I can't make sense out of that at all. So, so I, I don't have a clue if it's right or wrong. Oh, that's funny. So wait, tablature was because of him? That I don't know. Maybe in case it might be. Wow. If so, I mean, that's kind of the standard now is, is when you see guitar tabs, it's uh, it's a, a form of music. I can't read it. I can read regular right. sheet music, but I don't know how to read tablature. I've never taken the time to figure that out, but it's its own animal. And if that was created because of him, Jesus Christ. Could you imagine trying to do yeah. I mean, come on. My brother always used to complain about guitar books, and he'd get guitar books of Van Halen songs, and, and he said they were always... They were sort of right, but they got so much wrong. It's, oh, I it's, believe it. It's hard to transcribe that stuff. Some of that stuff. I was showing yeah. Casey. There was there was a Rush song where uh, there was this, uh, a part where I was, I was playing subdivisions, and there's a part in the end where I just couldn't figure out. I'm like, yeah. God damn it, I got to cheat. I got to go get the sheet music, and I, I found a PDF of it, and I downloaded it. It looked like somebody just spilled ink on the, on the yeah. page. I could eventually, after yeah. I went through it slowly, I could figure it out. But Eddie's the same way. Yeah. You know, I mean, in some of those guys, Steve Vining, Vay Malmstein, and all the shredders, you look at what's written, and you're like, how, how can anybody figure this out? But 
Those guys are of another level. It's, it's incredible. Um, we need to do the Bizarre File, so we're going to do it. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by your local Deeds and Watts Real Philly Delis. They're open for takeout. Taste four generations of family recipes made with love and show your support for local business. RealPhillyDeli.com, Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Incarcerated people at the Oklahoma County Jail were chained to walls and forced to listen to Baby Shark no. on a loop at loud volumes for up to two hours, according to charges filed on Monday. Two former detention officers, Gregory Cornell Butler Jr. and Christian Charles Miles both 21, as well as their supervisor, Christopher Raymond Hendershot, were charged with misdemeanor counts of cruelty to a prisoner, a conspiracy. Uh, according to investigators, using the song to torture prisoners was said to be a joke between Miles and Butler. And they I worked can't to- take this. I'd rather be raped in the shower. <laughs> and they worked together to teach incarcerated, to quote, teach incarcerated people a lesson because they felt that disciplinary action within their detention center was not working in correcting the behavior of the inmates. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, the Oklahoman had reported this. Uh, from November to December 2019, at least four incarcerated people were subjected to abuse, forced to stand in an attorney visitation room with their hands cuffed behind them and chained to a wall uh, while they listened to Baby yeah. Shark. Uh, I think that's yeah. a little extreme. It's a bit extreme. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a form of torture. It's, it is, It's yeah. legit. So these guys, but there's... No, they were begging to be waterboarded. Apparently, there's no uh, there's no felony statutes for this, so they were charged with misdemeanors. Right. Uh, for... I'd rather hear that than the pineapple apple pen song. You guys know that one? I do know that one, uh-huh. and I think you're right. Yeah. Case. No, I don't know that one. Uh, pen? Oh, yeah. Pineapple pen, 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 pineapple pen, pen, pen. All right. A... Oh, this is horrible. Uh, but this is a follow-up story. A Michigan cannibal charged with killing and mutilating a man he met... On the dating app Grinder late last year is mentally fit to stand trial. The judge ruled on Monday. How does one be a cannibal and be mentally fit? Uh, judge Ward <laughs> Clarkson. You can't use both in the same right, sentence. Right. No, no, guess, no, but he's cool. He's cool. I guess it has to do with whether you know that the what actions that you are yeah, going yeah, through yeah. are <laughs> bad. He was, he was an accidental cannibal. He's uh, one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the judge said that uh, they ruled that Mark uh, Latunsky uh, was competent for trial and uh, is coming up on October 23rd. The 51-year-old had been charged with the murder and mutilation of Kevin Bacon. Wow, man. Who was found. Honestly, Bacon is in his name. I'd probably eat him, too. Uh, found dead inside a secret room in the basement of his. Um, he had previously eaten Joey Waffles. Uh, four days earlier, he was la- he had four days after he was last seen alive, Bacon was found by police suspended from a ceiling by his ankles. <laughs> he had been stabbed twice before having oh his throat God. cut. And investigators say Latunsky admitted later to cutting off the victim's testicles with a knife and eating them. Oh my Did he cook them? Uh, I don't know about okay. that. So anyhow, this guy is um he's going to face trial. So But he's 100% competent. Yep. Uh the family of a 74-year-old dementia patient was shocked to find out that she ended up in the Pasco County Jail after she walked away from her Dade County nursing home last week. It turns out police picked up Gwen Donahue, 
on an outstanding warrant for nearly a decade from nearly a decade ago. Outstanding. Uh, her daughter Megan said, "When she wakes up in the morning, she doesn't know where she is. She probably uh. thinks that she's done something wrong, and we've abandoned her." It's a distressing notion for Donahue, who says that her mother is in poor physical and mental health and doesn't pose a risk to the public. Donahue explains that her mother wandered off from her nursing home last Wednesday. She apparently made it three miles before officers found her. But they also found a 2011 arrest warrant out of Sumter County when they ran her name. And they later booked her into the county jail, even though she has dementia. So she, she matched <clears throat> someone else or it was her? It was hers from yeah. an old DUI. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So apparently uh, Megan called the warrant, uh, which she said had uh, no knowledge of, a huge shock. She said, my mom has no priors. She's this little old Catholic lady. My mom shouldn't have to spend another minute in there. But her mother had paid the fines for this DUI and completed the community service and had apparently overlooked a two-hour online course. Uh, so that's why the warrant That's why was he was still sitting there, huh? Uh, because she was booked without bond, she can't be released until the judge signs off on the release. And they haven't done that yet. She's being held for days. And she's got dementia. Yeah. Uh, after nearly a week of calling authorities, a judge finally they signed... They were lighter on the cannibal. Uh, they they uh, released order uh, yesterday, so she's going to be all right. released today. So, wow. Uh, all right, we'll do one more story, and then we will wrap it up. Uh, there was a guy who peeled a banana and found that it was actually a double-barreled bad boy <laughs> banana. <laughs> Student Tom Symes bought a bunch of bananas, this is in England, at his local Tesco, but failed to notice that one was considerably larger than the others. The 24-year-old was perplexed when he opened the banana to find two inside, which had merged together. Two, I saw, like a like a Siamese twin banana. I saw a picture oh, of it. Oh, I'd love to see it's that. It's pretty damn is cool. It? Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, that, that's like that's that. You should win a contest for that. <laughs> the 24-year-old was oh. perplexed when he opened the ban- banana uh, to find that the two were merged together. He eventually overcame the surprise and ate one of the fingers before giving the second one to his mom. So we're looking at this, and and so the bananas appear have, to have separated a bit. Uh, yeah, I think that was after he right after they were let it. free. He said, oh. "I was immediately astonished by its girth." Upon opening, it, it was, felt really good. <laughs> it was revealed to be a double banana in one skin. He said, I was surprised and dumbfounded at first. I thought it might have been a bit rotten. So I was glad to see there were no spider's eggs inside. It's a double banana. Uh, according to experts, around 5% of bananas can grow into what they call double fingers. Double fingers. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Uh, but most are discarded. Double banana. Uh, while oh! du- double bananas oh! are understood to be very rare. Oh! <laughs> In extremely rare cases, double produce, four finger bananas, four finger bananas. That's your regular Saturday night thing, yeah, right oh there, yeah. man. If you get a four oh yeah. finger one, so oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> one for each finger. Uh, wow, I I did not even conceive of the notion, but no. now to me that's like finding a, a pearl, yeah, in yeah. an oyster. Yep. All right, and there you go. That's what I have. Uh, your bizarre file. Now I have. I'm imagining people wearing banana necklaces. <laughs> mm. Where are my bananas? Yep. I'm going out for the evening. Hey, uh, the Brick and Barrel has dropped off food today. Part of the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Thursday Night Homegate kickoff, and you can visit wmmr.com/slash/bud light. You dove on one of their sandwiches. It's fantastic. Yeah, it was a brisket braised short rib. Ooh. No, I'm sorry. The the sandwich was was brisket. The braised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Regular Thursday night thing. They also have a uh, braised short rib turnover. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the brisket sandwich is on a pretzel roll. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, pretzel roll is 
the greatest thing ever. I think it even surpasses the quadruple banana. But go to WMMR.com slash Bud Light to enter to win a football home gate prize pack delivered safely by a member of the President's Steve Show. And as part of this year's uh, Platinum Seltzer Thursday night home gate kickoff, you can win incredible prizes for your home gate party, uh, including a case of Bud Light Platinum, $100 Primo's gift card, Custom MMR and Bud Light Platinum Seltzer pint glasses and a $25 gift card from a local restaurant like the Brick and Barrel. That's, listen, so things are modified. We're dealing with it. That is a hell of a cool package, and you guys have gone and done these deliveries. Yeah. And the people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a regular Thursday night thing, baby. Listen, uh, Casey and I uh, filmed a commercial last week, and and I I don't like seeing myself on camera, but this is a really (laughs) funny commercial. And and Casey, your acting is top notch. Nick Murphy is a great editor, and so it's on the contest page on uh, WMMR.com. And Casey and I do a high five at the end. That is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun. It's funny. It, It is. Steve, it's a cool contest, and I'm really glad we're doing them this season. All right, and so thanks to Bud. Been... Absolutely, yeah. Uh, callers 10 and 11, I give you $25 gift cards for oh, yeah. The Brick and Barrel, 870 Welsh Road, Maple Glen, and you can go to thebrickandbarrel.com. You're going to love their food, man. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. It's always been Acme's goal to make sure that football fans have everything they need to cheer on the Eagles. And today, that goal is no different. No matter what game days look like this year, they'll be there to help you kick off. Cheer from your favorite seat and host like a pro with all the snacks, party trays, and game day foods you know and love. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you in love? Ready to get engaged? We'll visit Steven Singer Jewelers, the diamond experts. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We were talking about <clears throat> Eddie Van Halen passing, obviously, and uh, going through some great stories from uh, you know people who are huge fans, ourselves, and our personal connection to him. I wore, this morning, I wore my Eddie Van Halen shoes. Well, let's take a look. Um, so I saw these, that. Yeah, they're the they're the Frankenstrat uh, shoes, and I got them through the official, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen's EVH is what it's called, essentially his, uh, and it says inside the soles it says fifty one fifty. 50. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I love these shoes. I love them so much. They didn't have my size. I bought them a size too big, and I yeah. wear them anyway because I wanted them so my bad. God, that's and, like a true shoe purchase. You yeah. wanted yeah. them so bad. They didn't have your size. You got the size bigger. And you never wear stiletto heels, and you never. Bought, yeah. <laughs> No, but this this I, this pattern is so iconic, and you know the, it's it for those who obviously who can't see on the radio. Yeah. Uh, no, it's the red, white, and black. Uh, you know, decorated like the like his guitar. Do we know where the the origin of that pattern came from? Did that does that have any um, meaning for Eddie, or is I it just something that got, he happened to like? I don't know where he got the idea. I have no idea because it is so iconic. If you're talking about imagery from rock, that means. Yep. Yeah, people can identify instantly. We were talking earlier about a, a you know a, a contest based on um, can you name what was on the album cover? Yeah, you know we just start, starting to put that together. <laughs> I mean, you know, you would identify that immediately as Eddie Van Halen, Steve Vai, who I consider to be possibly the greatest guitarist I've I've ever seen. Now, Eddie, you know, was groundbreaking, but Steve Vai is is just he's, he's an incredible musician. Uh, he posted a picture yesterday, a pair of shoes like this. Um, you know, but they were they were chucks, but uh, but the the iconic uh, pattern, and it just said all all he posted was never to be filled. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, it was so beautiful. It was excellent. Really good phone calls. I need to go to Casey. Who should I go to first? We have 
Kurt, who actually won the contest what? to be with the the weekend with Van Halen that that little documentary was written about, is on the line. Yeah. Uh, but we also got a buddy Craig, Craig Gass, who yeah. lived with Ed for a while. And then we have another guy who uh, we got his. He called during the bizarre file. We got his number and we called him back. Um, I would say they're all good. You want to go to Craig? Let's first? put them all go- on together and have them talk simultaneously. <laughs> yes. No, we're not going to do that. Right. Kurt and Dan, if you guys can hang on the line for a moment, because we did contact Craig yesterday about coming on the show today, because he was really, really cro- close with Ed. Great Ed, stories. A great story, specifically about cable television. <laughs> Uh, but it's tough to welcome people on to a show and say, hey, how you doing? But yeah. uh, I'm going to do it anyway. Hey, Craig, how you doing, man? Doing okay, guys. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, you too, man. So, you know what? You were one of the first people we thought of because uh, you, you had, you know, told us the, the story about how you stayed with Ed. And how did all that come about again? I met his assistant backstage at a concert in Los Angeles and was told, this guy lives with one of the biggest rock stars on the planet, but don't tell him I told you that. And then I got the introduction. The guy knew who I was because he's a big comedy fan. And uh, so we exchanged phone numbers, and I said, uh, hey, you want to go bowling next week? And he said, sure. And he showed up at the bowling alley with Eddie Van Halen. Wow. That's unbelievable. You yeah. want to go bowling. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I was like, uh, I don't know anybody in Los Angeles. So if you want to hang out, I don't know. Let's go bowling. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the day of the bowling that we were going to we were going to hit it up, he called me up and said, hey, uh, do you mind if I bring my friend Ed with me? Because I've been telling him about you for a long time. And I said, yeah, I don't care. And he goes, all right, because he's got a kid. His kid's 12. And I said, dude, it's bowling. Who cares? Let's let's. Let's have fun. And when he showed up with Eddie Van Halen, I realized, oh, my God, the kid is Wolfgang Van Halen. And yeah. and, and then I, I start piecing the whole thing together that Maddie is Eddie's assistant. Maddie lives on the property with Ed. He lives in a guest house, and he runs the 5150 Studios. And he knows everything about me and is telling all these stories about me to Eddie. So while we're bowling – Eddie is genuinely fascinated with my story and asking me about my life, including, then you reference this, I told a story on the air once about how I had been broke my whole life. And all I've ever wanted, once I started making money, all I ever wanted was to own an illegal cable box. I I wanted one of those illegal cable boxes that will unscramble all the channels. And at the bowling alley, Eddie is smoking a cigarette. You're not supposed to be smoking in the bowling alley. And he goes, dude. I heard you're broke your whole life. <laughs> Me too. And I heard that all you ever wanted was an illegal cable box. Is that true? And I said, yeah. And he goes, that's crazy. Cause... And he looked both ways and he went, I got an illegal cable box too. And I said, <laughs> "And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, the thing is, I'm rich, but don't want to pay for cable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And then over the course of the next year and a half, I would come over to the to the house, to, specifically to the studio, to hang out with Maddie. And then Eddie would show up, and we would hang out. And then I got in this really bad relationship that ended horribly one night. And I called Maddie to say, I'm in a lot of pain, and this relationship did not end well. And he said, hold on, Ed wants to talk to you. And he put Ed on the phone and said, dude. I told you she was a whore. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did not mince words. 
Yeah. And I said, yeah. And he goes, and dude, you're living with her. What are you living with her for? And I said, she's the only person I know in L.A. I don't know anybody else. And he said, dude, pack up your stuff and move in with me. And I said, is that okay? And he said, yeah. He goes, dude, you can stay in the recording studio. Just keep in mind, don't tell anybody, but the band's getting back together. So it's going to be noisy at night. And I was like, oh, my God. God. so the only thing I have to worry about is the fact that Van Halen is going to be playing in the next room. And he, said, and he goes, well, I know you're working on your TV show. And I, I was working on a new show on NBC called Las Vegas at the time. So um, I packed myself up. I moved in with him. And it was very surreal because I was trying to live a life, but I'm also in Eddie's house. I remember one night meeting a girl, a really cute girl who, who texted me late at night and said, hey, do you want me to come over? And I said, sure. Ooh, actually, I don't know. Uh, here, let me find out. Right. And she thought I had a girlfriend or that I was married. And I said, no, I am single. I just, let, let me just, I, I, I'm, in, I'm living in an unusual situation. And I grabbed Ed and I said, hey, Ed, uh, I met a girl tonight. And I don't know if this is okay. Is it okay to invite her over just to stay with me up at the studio? And he said, dude, get some puss. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> So, yeah, but you're thinking, okay, uh, you've got to make sure you because you can't compromise, you know, his a- address yeah. and you can't have all that go away. But she, of course, is going to think that you're laying some sort of you know BS on her because you've got something that you can't report to her. But, yeah, th- how wild is that that you got to run it by and that he's totally cool with it? So you got you got her back to the place eventually. How did that play out? Well, that's the weird part is I don't know how to tell her. She's asking me all these questions of, like, <laughs> Why do you need permission to have somebody come over? Yes. And I said, uh, I'm just, and I had her meet me at the bottom of the hill. There's a, there's a Ralph supermarket on Ventura. I, I had her leave her car at the Ralph and then, and I drove her up the hill and I still don't know how to say it to her. So I don't say anything. Oh my God. So we, we pull up through the back entrance. There's two entrances to get onto the property. The back entrance is next to the studio where I live. And we go through the back entrance. I open the door to the studio. I let her walk in first. She walks in, looks around, and goes, Jesus, is your friend, like, the biggest Van Halen fan on the planet? And and then she starts to look around and go, wait a minute. How do you get this? Wait a minute. How do you get this? And I finally just said, uh, do you hear the noise in the next room? Okay, that's uh, that's Van Halen playing in the other room. Um, this 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 is Van Halen. This is Eddie Van Halen's house, and he's just letting me stay here until I get back on my feet again. And she went, "Oh, okay." And to answer the next question that every guy asks, the answer is two minutes. It took two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> Done deal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How long were you staying there, Craig? I was there for about four or five months. Wow. And then a, a really unfortunate thing happened, uh, <laughs> which is an understatement. I found out a year later that the entire time I was living there, Eddie's assistant, Maddie, was hooking up with my ex the entire time. Are you kidding me? No. And, and Maddie ended up dating her for five years. They almost got married. And it was this, it was this gut punch that... I, I stopped contacting Maddie. I stopped contacting Ed. And a few years ago, I just, 
I just wanted to clear the air with Ed because I had to believe that Ed was on my side of things. Yeah. And I called him up out of the blue, and he said, hello? And I said, hey, Ed, what's going on, buddy? Said, Who's this? And I said, it's Craig Gass. And he said, Craig, how you doing, buddy? And I said, I'm doing good. What are you up to? And he said, I'm on the toilet taking a dump. And I said, oh, <laughs> okay. I said, you want me to call you later? And he goes, no. Talk to me. And he's smoking a cigarette, taking a dump. And I was like, um. Oh, my God. And I said, uh, I'll, I'll call you later. And then I hung up, and that's the last time I talked to him. I oh, felt so God. uncomfortable. Well, yeah. So let me ask you, so this this Maddie, was do you, is, is that the reason that she, uh, I don't know how the relationship ended with this girl, but um, was, was he part of the reason that you guys broke up and you didn't know it? No, she just... Um, she was, she had a lot of issues that, that came out one night. <laughs> we were at a party at this thing called the NAMM show in L.A., and I left her for two minutes to go to the bathroom, and when I came back, she was making out with some guy. Okay, and, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a problem. And But it's funny that you asked that question because when I went, after Eddie said you can move in, I went to her place to start getting my stuff the next day, and when I was there, her phone was ringing, her answer machine came on, and I heard Maddie's voice, oh, and Maddie was doing Maddie was doing the cool guy voice. Hey, what's up, Shell? <laughs> Say hello and uh, give me a call. Okay, all right. And when I got to the house, I said, "Hey, dude, I, wow. I need to talk to you." And I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I said, um, "When I was at the house, the phone was ringing, and I heard you on the answer machine." And he said, "Oh, dude, is that bad?" And I said, "Well, just let me finish." And I said, "I'm in a lot of pain." this is not fun for me because I really care about her. And it's hard for me to have my friends contacting her. And he said, dude, done deal. That's all you have to say. Put okay. a bullet in it. And, uh, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And a year later when she texted me and said, I'm in love with Maddie, again, I gave her the benefit of the doubt and replied, Maddie who? <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't want to believe oh, it. Yeah. But, man, so – well, that that's one of the, the, the rules you do not violate, and, and you have – and he was a good friend of yours. He, he, should have, he should have respected that a little bit more. Yeah, and I got to tell you before I get off the phone, and you really should cue up a track from Van Halen uh, to go with this story. It's a track called 316. 316. Oh, oh, yeah. We played it earlier yeah. this morning, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 316, it's, uh, it's off the album for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Yep. Um, yep. There was one night, uh, Eddie had just gotten out of a relationship himself uh, at the time in 2004. He was dating this girl, and he started uh, telling me about how his son had recently said to him, Dad, I want to learn how to play guitar. And Eddie said, okay, I'll try to find somebody to teach you. And he said, I want to learn from you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so Eddie started teaching his son how to play guitar, and his son, behind his back, started to learn this song. This is a song that Eddie played on Valerie Bertinelli's belly when Wolfie was in her womb. Mm -hmm. And when Wolfie would start kicking, Eddie would put the guitar in the belly and play this to get him to calm down. So uh, Wolfie did his first show at school at a talent show. And Eddie went with a video camera to film his kid. And his son walked out on stage and said, hi, my name's Wolfie. This is a song my dad wrote to play when I was in my mom's belly, and it's called 316, and he started playing this song. Wow. wow. And yeah. Ed said that tears were just running down his face. Oh, you know? man. What a great yeah. story. Yeah, and, and the yeah. 316 is, is his birth date. Uh, that's uh, when Wolfie was born. That's why they named it that. So, 
Correct. And I, 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 I think it's okay to say this. It was also the security code to get in the studio. <laughs> it's okay to say it now. At this point. Wow. Great stories, Craig. Yeah, Craig. Thanks, man. Listen, um, what's going on with uh, comedy and you right now and shows? Everything on hold or are you getting out and doing some stuff? Tommy's a little weird, but we're getting through it, man. I'm, I'm just glad to reconnect with you guys. Yeah, you too. Well, when you're back in town, and it will happen, and we get past all this, uh, we got to have you back in. But uh, it was great to get that perspective, and those those stories are just uh, such a peek at what he's about. So yep. awesome. All yeah. right, Craig, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks a bunch. All right, good to see you guys. I'll yep, see you. you too. All right, Craig Gass, guys. Yeah. Wow. And I was bummed that. We lost the guy. We Kurt. lost Kurt. Oh, Kurt, man. who, who oh. won the, the oh. Van Halen weekend. Call back, Kurt. Kurt, we need you back. I was just ready to go. We to want him. you back. He just, we want you back we in want Philly. want you back in Philly, Kurt. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe Kurt was calling our phone. Phone, phone. phone. Um, how, I mean, can you imagine having an experience like that, like Craig did, got to live there? Live there so, for months? People who die to get seats within 30 rows of the stage for a Van Halen show. Huh. This was on the other side of the wall where he was. <laughs> Unbelievable. I Writing was new music. music to, yeah. to come out. I was watching a video yesterday of, uh, of Eddie's guitar solo. It was like a 13-minute solo. And during the solo, he would take you know the guitar picks that he was using and he would throw them out into the crowd. Right. And I was thinking, man, how cool would that be to catch a guitar pick? Yeah. Not as cool as living with him. No. Living in 50, yeah, that, that trumps that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, while we're waiting to uh, to get Kurt back on, if hopefully we can get him on, uh, we have uh, Dan, who's a professor of guitar at Rowan University. Hey, Dan. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? We're we're doing all right, man. We're you know we're we're talking about Ed and the impact that he had and uh, on you know just fans of music, but but for guitar players, how old are you, by the way? How old am I? Yeah. yeah. I just turned 50 years old. Okay. You just turned 50. So you, like me, you know, grew up. Ed, Ed was, you were a kid and Eddie was established and, and was bursting onto the scene. And was Absolutely. he was he one of the reasons you wanted to play or did you learn and then discover him? Uh, he's certainly a major influence. I remember sitting in my best friend's bedroom and just blasting eruption. Yeah. yeah. And, um... I literally have never heard anything like that and never knew that a guitar could make such a sound. Yeah. So it was absolutely mind-blowing when I first heard it, for sure. So from a from a from a, a guitar a professor from from your perspective and and um what what can you what can you say? How can you, what can you tell us about about Eddie's guitar playing? Well, he's certainly a, a total innovator, although Many techniques that he used, now I'm going to sound very professorial, so excuse me. <laughs> I certainly did not live with Van Halen, nor did I go bowling with him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that stuff existed, right, what he was doing? It, 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 it did, but not to kind of the way he innovated it, for right. sure, with electronics. And that was kind of what I, I actually just wanted to text you about Casey's question about tablature. Okay. Um, that has been around since the late 1400s. Okay. Um, so Eddie was old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one really yeah. knows. Uh, yeah. But um, that was really what I want to clear up. But he is right in what Eddie was saying in that speech that you guys played was that there wasn't a, there's not a lot of ways in formal notation to describe what you can do with that. Okay. And I think someone mentioned about Neil Peart's um, uh, yeah, drumming at the end of subdivisions, and there's not a lot of notation that can really cover 
exactly what he was doing, and that was the beauty of it. Is yeah. that he kind of turned traditional stuff on its on its ear, really. Right. So, right. so with, with the, the things that, that Eddie Van Halen did, and, and of course the, the the tapping of the guitar and all that stuff, and as I referenced earlier, we had Steve Hackett on, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the Genesis guitarist and a great guitarist in his own right. And and he said he had been doing it, and he was a big fan of, of Van Halen's as well. And and it, you know, like like a lot of these guys, they they sort of just they pick little things from other people and incorporate it into their own deal, and they improve upon it and innovate it. Uh, if you were to say what was the what was the of the many things he innovated, what was the one thing that just blew you away, and and you think is the most substantive of the things of the thing Eddie brought to the guitar? Well, certainly the tapping is one thing that most people kind of latch on to and that and that actually existed long before he was doing it but the way he kind of tweaked his electronics much like the way uh les paul did i mean les paul uh the famous guitar maker and the the guitar les paul is named after him but a lot of people don't really realize how innovative as a player les paul was mm-hmm. along with his you know basically inventing multi-track recording and so I think the biggest thing is a lot of his innovations in the way he tweaked the electronics along with taking, you know, somewhat traditional techniques and just turning them around, which right. is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, you know, Jimmy did with, with uh, feedback back in the right. day and, and started to use sounds that, that, uh, that your amplifier could bring out of the instrument and then, and, and then start to engage them tonally into the music. Yeah, uh, was was you know, hey, this thing can do a lot of stuff here. We need to we need to explore this, you know. And it seemed Absolutely. like Eddie Eddie went further in his exploration uh, with that stuff, and he customized a lot, not only his guitar but his electronics as well, you know. Right, and if he found something that he couldn't find elsewhere, he invented it himself, which yeah. is absolutely amazing. That's what geniuses do, man. Yeah, you can't exactly. see it here, yeah. but I I don't have a table to hold my computer the right way, and I innovative by. By putting a thing across the armrest, and I rest my computer on. So in many ways, I'm like Eddie Van Halen. Like Eddie Van Halen. A lot like him. Yeah. I, Revolutionary. Revolutionary. Yeah, yes. It's exactly uh-huh. the word no one would use. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Appreciate the input, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Yep. We'll rest see you later. Peace, Eddie Van Halen. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, that was the thing, man. Because he, he would, you know, he did these these techniques. I remember somebody telling me about like these they're called walking harmonics and. He, he would play these different harmonics and have the volume turned down, and then he would bring them up together, and they made this wild sound when he would use the, the tremolo, you know, the whammy bar, and, and incorporate it, or, or banging on the side of the guitar to get a sound out of it. I just wanted to mention that there's a lot of really good content up on uh, WMMR.com and PrestonandSteve.com, including Steve, that interview uh, with Eddie at the Smithsonian from a few years ago. And so uh, if you're looking for any of that stuff, a lot of uh, rockers, as you would imagine, have tweeted about it over the last couple of hours. So um, that content's up on the website, too. Um, I wanted to ask you guys which you thought had a bigger uh, pop culture impact on you, Back to the Future or Better Off Dead, when it comes to um, Van Halen music showing up in a movie. Oh, wow. Uh... Back to the Back future. To the fu- no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, no, better off dead. The the uh, the, the claymation, claymation sequence yeah. of uh, everybody wants some. Yeah, with a burger. I'm like, I can't believe they're doing Van Halen in this part. <laughs> That's what. I thought. And the guitar has his own little Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Black and white striped uh, guitar, red and black and white striped guitar. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we, iconic we, is is Back to the Future. But the the movie is bigger. Yeah. But but the segment of them actually using that song, I thought was pretty. 
was pretty badass. I was trying to think of other movies where their music showed up, and and nothing came. There, to mind. there was a movie called The Wildlife. Oh, it was an unofficial sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, Chris yeah, Penn yeah. was in it, and right. Eric Stoltz. And, uh, yeah. uh, there's a there's a song that was written specifically for that movie. And it wasn't a song that ever really did anything yeah. from Van Halen, that I, and I couldn't tell you what it is. But that's the only other one I can really think well, of. In, in Fast Times, Spicoli references Van Halen at yeah. the end. You know, like, yeah, he, he played, gets the money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, from saving Brooke Shields and surfing, right. uh, yeah. surfing from drowning. Yeah. yeah, those guys raft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is, and I, I, I don't know if I said the right. chance to send it over. It's Brian May and it's uh, Eddie Van Halen for uh, they played together on an album. He requested is called Starfleet. All right, before we do that, yes. I don't want to lose Kurt again. Oh, no, no Kurt's no. back on! So, so Kurt's on the line. Kurt, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, Yo. sorry about that, man. How you doing, bud? All right, how are you? Good. So you won the Weekend with Van Halen contest? Yes. And Last this... week with Van Halen. <laughs> that was what year? That was 84. Okay, so when the album came out in 1984, <laughs> you entered... Was it, was it through MTV? Yeah, MTV, yep. Okay, and so, dude... Yeah, I mean, yeah. tell us, yeah. walk us through what you can. I know you've told the story a gazillion times in your life, but we want to hear it. Well, I mean, just to enter, I mean, I, I, I just sent him thirteen postcards, and um, what's it called? Um, I sent him eight postcards. Okay, then like five days for the deadline, then I walk past post office and I buy five more to make it lucky thirteen. Yeah. So then, uh, I guess. I forget the woman, this executive, whatever from MTV called me uh, like a week or two before they announced it, and she said, "You know, I want to verify your age on this postcard." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking they want to verify age on all the postcards, and my brain wasn't functioning well. But, uh, yeah. They're going to verify age on every postcard they get. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Exactly. And she goes, "Okay, good. Well, I just want to put you. You're our grand prize winner." And I'm like. I better, my sister was there, and she said, "You better sit down before you fall down." Palms on my hands were sweating. I mean, it was, it was, uh, you know. And she asked me when I entered, "Check this out." And she said, "Oh, you wait till last minute." So one of the second set of five postcards, the second time I sent in, you know, that was one of the winners. So yeah, it was supposed to be whatever. All right, so what do you want? I mean, like, so so you get you get contacted. You're saying you're going to go tour with the band. When is you? When do you first get? Uh, into it, when do you first meet the band and start the whole weekend? Yeah, um, well, I got to take a friend with me, you know, and limousines picked us up, took us fully jet <laughs> out to Detroit, and, um... Did you guys start drinking right away? Um, no, we didn't tell, uh, what's called, Dalbert Nelly. Hey, give us our first drink set that we got to the uh, Valerie Bernelli gives you your first drink. <laughs> I'm almost, having a feeling this weekend had a long impact on you. I don't you. think it ended yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, when she gave us the first drink when we got to the Cobo, it was the Cobo Hall then, uh-huh. Cobo Arena, whatever in Detroit. Yeah. But, um, uh, did you did you fly did you fly like a Learjet or what did you? Oh, yeah. Said, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was Learjet. Come on, wow. <laughs> Kurt, real quick, when did you have the brain injury? Was it, <laughs> no, I'm serious. This is a serious question. Did you have the brain oh, injury yeah. before they? Yeah. I didn't know you had a brain injury. That's why I brought it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was um, October of 1982, okay. which, ah. which you had not disclosed to the Van Halen people before taking this weekend, correct? No, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it was you know, <laughs> I mean. 
it didn't have any relevance, I thought. So, um, I never, like I said, never even had in my mind a million years to say something. I mean, I was sure you didn't think you were going to win. Life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, so you, you do it, you go on and, and there, we were well, watching footage of you getting a cake on stage, a yeah. huge cake, which they smashed all over you and then yeah. shower you in champagne. <laughs> And did you stay with them the whole weekend? Were you were you with the band well, the whole time, or did they just kind of have you hang out? Uh, in well, that night, that night we went down to the you know backstage. Was like when I first went out. Um, I mean, when I got the cake in my face, <laughs> then I went all the way back and to where I start. I was about to start changing. And they said, "You want you back out there?" So that's if you see the um, video, like the MTV video, I come running back out at the very end when they're you know and. It's funny, somebody, I'm slapping hands the audience, and somebody grabs me and starts pulling me in to the audience. And Dave grabs me and pulls me back. But that's just an irrelevant thing. But then we went backstage and had, you know, they like filet mignon and lobster tail. And <laughs> that total we, rock star that's treatment. That's an unbelievable that's when you, experience. When you, hear, yeah. when you hear, dude, I got rock star treatment. That's yeah. what they were. And you know what? This used to be kind of the standard thing for all of the, the, the you know the ups and downs of MTV and and there was a time, even with radio and giveaways that we would do, where that you'd get stuff like this. You don't see it much anymore. Oh no 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 no! Like yeah. um, my friend, my friend said um, the guy took up your time on a documentary. He said, you know, for something like that nowadays, you'd be signing so many <laughs> waivers and yeah. waivers. Yeah. And, I mean, and what's it called um. I forget where I'd heard that the way Van Halen treated us. I mean, they treated us like we were one of the guys. Oh, that's awesome. It blows me away because somebody had said that that was one of the best contests, the way they treated us. Yeah. You know, they said a lot of contests, you get to meet the band, and then, you know, that's so much it. But we hung out with them, drank, and, you know, other stuff. Yeah. You were given the full deal. They they had cameras with them, so they were going to document this, so they were going to... You were getting the you were getting the real treatment. Yeah, and, but you know what? The cameras weren't allowed off back where we were. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, whatever. So even though the That's cameras awesome. weren't back there, they were still hanging out with you, even though it wasn't for like a uh, for you know for for video stuff. They were hanging out with you just oh, yeah. anyway. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like yeah, you know, like uh, Dave talked to me about his um, you know, going on safaris, a mountain climbing, doing whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know. it's... That is cool. That is really cool. That's wow, a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, pe- people call me from all the United States, you know, because they zoomed in on my postcard. You know, it was Martha Quinn was the one that announced it on a TV. And- they zoomed in on your postcard with your oh, personal yeah. information? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but she had her finger over my phone number, but... Yeah. It didn't help. It you could still matter. look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. In New York, everywhere, people wanted me to take them with me or, you know, yeah. bring guitar picks and stuff. And- right. In this, day, in this day and age, they, they, you, 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 I guarantee you there would have been lawyers contacting oh, you for that breach made- of it. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. But a lucky kid from Phoenixville gets to go hang out with Van Halen for an entire yeah. weekend. Kurt. Yeah, we, you know, second, real quick, second night, we saw him again in concert. We were in the pit with the security in front of the stage, and Eddie was um, making faces at me, you know, fucking <sighs> guitar picks. I mean, it was like, dude, it was, it, when I think about it, I still get a rush. It blows me away. I mean, yeah, their their attention was on you. That's oh, yeah. really, really cool. I think they, I think they maybe 
you know, saw you as the the whole fandom, their the whole fan, their fan base. And, yeah, and, emblematic and they, of, of of who got them there. It sounds okay. really nice, man. That's a great, great memory. Great. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? One time, like a year or two after my contest, I came down to your station. I forget who the um the DJ was. It was yeah. it was a female, but it, they were given they gave some kind of a Van Halen award, and they asked me to come down, and I was just on the air for. A, Short time. I don't know. I, you know, it's just. That's cool, man. Wow. But it was good stuff all around. Good for you, Kurt. Well, you know, we're sorry you you had a personal connection and and obviously Ed's gone, but, you know, people like you have great memories and uh, it's awesome to hear about it. But thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Love your show, brother. Thank you. We'll check out the documentary, too. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that today. It's called Lost Weekend Partying (laughs) with Van Halen. Crazy. It's only like 15 minutes long, and we're watching clips of it right now. That's, man, that's the 1980s, dude. That's oh, yeah, just, right that's there. so cool. Wow. All right. Um, well, listen, we do need to take a break, yes. I believe. So yeah. I want to do that very thing now. I'm going to get some of the some of the tributes that, that uh, uh, you know. Well, Steve, did we want to play that uh, that thing real quick? I give a listen. I think hey, you might find it interesting. It's, it's both Brian May and Eddie Van Halen playing at the same time. Called Starfleet. Yeah, it's a theme for a Japanese um, sci-fi show. Okay. I feel like Eddie's playing the rhythm part. It's like a guitar solo later on, but it's... I guess that's Brian Mason. Yeah. Wow, I never knew that existed. Yeah, it's cool. I love I love finding out about stuff. Yeah. About that that you never knew about. All right, we need to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. Uh, I believe we're going to have Beverly Goldberg on. Yes. Oh. Ms. Goldberg is going to be joining us. Turns out she listens to the Preston and Steve show. How about, How about that? that? From the Goldbergs. <laughs> uh, we'll come back and we'll do some more giveaways with the Brick and Barrel. Uh, today's Thursday night home gate kickoff partner with Bud Light Platinum Seltzer. We'll get you the details. You can go to WMMR.com find out how you can win some great stuff. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> WMMR.com. A great way to stay up to date on the latest rock news and station happenings. Listen live via your laptop, the free mobile app, or just tell your smart speaker to play MMR. From Preston and Steve's Daily Rush to Pierre's Weekend Calendar and the latest on Jackson's local shots. It's everything that rocks your computer. By the way, while we're doing this uh, tribute to Eddie Van Halen uh, today... Uh, we do have a few other things that are going on. We have a secret text word, a chance for you to win a digital download of Beetlejuice. That was Eddie Van Halen's favorite movie of okay. all time. It was. Yeah. Text, text the word secret to 39333. See, it all ties in <laughs> together. And there was something I was going to say, and I don't remember what it is. So we'll just welcome our next guest. How about we do that? Uh, we do know that um, she listens to the President Steve show. She recently uh, tweeted a response to something that we had tweeted, and her son had responded to that tweet saying how much he loves the fact that she listens to our show. And right now she's talking to Linda Schwartz while waiting Linda Schwartz. to call her. So let's get her on. 
ladies and gentlemen, Miss Beverly Goldberg. Yeah. Mother of Adam Goldberg. Beverly, good morning. Hi, how you doing? I'm actually off the phone with Linda because I'm talking to you guys. Oh, <laughs> okay. you, that, we, we appreciate that. How's Linda doing today? She's on her way. They're on their way down to the shore. We were just discussing that we were going to uh, order Sacco subs for lunch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Beverly, if you don't mind, I refer to you as Beverly. I feel, listen, because of the Goldbergs and our friendship with uh, with Adam, and just uh, w- my wife and I watch the show every night in syndication when new episodes air. You've, um, you know, whether whether it was uh, intentional or whatever, you know, the, the, the country has sort of adopted you as their mom and your family as our second family. And it's it's sort of wild. It must be wild for you, for so many yes. people to know the intricacies of your life. Does it blow you away? It does. It's kind of crazy right now because, uh, you know, uh, as of last year, Adam is not so actively on the show. Right. Uh, giving stories. And we're kind of in a, a, a thing going on right now with uh, Chris Bishop and Al Sparrow, who are running the show, that they need to use our stories because, um, you know, it's really important that they, if you want to keep the show true, And we have a ton of stories. My son uh, and I both have photographic memories. We remember everything, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, stuff I don't want to remember. Uh, And Adam has some great story ideas. And it would be a shame if he made a new show and they went to them instead. No, you you raise a good point because my and I I did have this conversation with my with my wife about there were a couple of things that they you know that were sort of loving tributes to to the pop culture of the time. But you can tell, you know, you have this whole backlog of video that exists and photographic evidence of a lot of the stuff that are in these episodes are absolutely based on things that really happened. And those are always the best episodes. Well, that's that's the whole thing, because there's nothing like reality to really give you uh, a, a view into somebody's life. I mean, when you start making up. You know, last year I had kind of a little meltdown because they had an episode involving uh, uh, Barry that I didn't like. I thought it, it, it was put Barry in a poor light. And I got in touch with Chris right away. I said, you can't do that. I said, he has a career. He's a physician. I mean, you can't you can't make him. They made him mean. Yeah. Something mean-spirited, especially with his friends. And Barry has never, ever with those JTP boys been mean-spirited. They still go to Eagles games together. Barry has season tickets, and he meets, he drives or schleps in all the way from upstate New York. Oh, my God. He never came to see me. When I, you know, <laughs> of course not. No. But, but is, does, does the yeah, J, JTP still get together? <laughs> the, by the way, for those who don't know, it's the Jenkintown Posse. Oh. Yeah. Do they still yes, get together? Yes, absolutely. Well, okay. Jeff Schwartz, all the time. I just uh, saw uh, Jeff actually a few weeks ago. He's my ophthalmologist. Of course. <laughs> I went to see him, and I said, no games this year. He said, I know it's a bummer. He said, I'm really, you know, upset about it all. No, oh, man, I, I'm a season ticket holder. I, I need to go to a game and, and hang with the JTP sometime. Um, so – We've had Adam on several times, and, and in the past we have mentioned things that are, are from this area, and we've actually, we, I think um, with the robot from Pulsations, we were able to locate the robot so that uh, they were able to use it in the show. So I'm just going to throw out a couple of ideas that are 
Uh, I don't know if you have memories of them, but um, these are Philadelphia-based things. I don't know if you have any memories from either Sesame Place or Action Park. Do you recall anything from those two places? Yes. um, I actually, uh, Sesame Place, I didn't, I don't know that I went with Adam, but I definitely went with Barry's kids and Barry and his wife. And, uh, in fact, uh, it was kind of funny because one of them got in trouble, said something mean. They were little at the time. Said something mean to somebody, and they had to go sit in the car and sulk. Barry's kids tread all over Barry. You know, he's okay. really used to the kids. But my daughter-in-law is a little tougher. She's like, you know, you have to do this. And, and she has instilled in them fabulous manners and so forth and so on. And it's funny because I was just watching the news this morning that uh, they had a, uh, a thing about twins, these miracle twins or something. Uh, and that was that was the uh, Barry's kids. They were a pound and a half at birth and they were little tiny things. And now they're in college and they're fabulous, both of them. Well, it, it, it's obviously you 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 did a damn good job. You you've done you pulled off, I think, with a with a, an incredible family, and you did something that that I thought. And I was saying to these guys yesterday when we found out you we were having you on. When I first heard the concept of shrimp parm, I was like, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to like that. And then I see it displayed on the show, and the more shrimp parm is mentioned, and that it's often used as currency. Uh, I'm like, okay, I think I need to check into Shrimp Parm. And you have a cookbook out now, correct? I do. And you know what? This is crazy. The cookbook came out um, at the time uh, of all this COVID. So everybody was stuck home. And somebody called me and said they know one of the execs uh, for Amazon. And he and his wife made a banana cake together. (laughs) So you you, you have... And I just thought that was so funny. Amazon, you know. <laughs> so, they, yeah, when you have the higher-ups at Amazon employing your recipes, that's great. But now you contend, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, you say the bread, uh, the, the banana bread is actually more banana cake. Is that correct? I never called it banana bread. It's always been banana cake. Anything that's got a, a cup and a quarter of sugar in it, it's not a, it's not a <laughs> bread. bread yeah. That is not a bread. It's definitely, in fact, yesterday, it's so funny. Last night, we had friends over, and we ate on my front porch of a big Victorian house here at the Jersey Shore that I own with my kids. It's the Goldberg family home. And a lot of the stuff that you see was filmed here, actually filmed here. But my friend is gluten-free, so I had to, like, <laughs> really jump through hoops to make a meal that she could eat. Yes. I made her a gluten-free banana cake, which actually turned out really well. With chocolate chips and, and walnuts. I made that for her. Is that Linda <laughs> Schwartz? Is that Linda Schwartz? No, no, okay. this is an, another friend of mine, uh, Florida friends. And okay. Family. All right. Not part of the Goldberg girls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, one thing is really good. Nobody wants to go in your house, so they'll sit outside. <laughs> we, we can't say that on broadcast radio. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's great. I loved it. That we wouldn't want anything less. Uh-uh. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody one time asked Adam, they said, why do you have your mother cursing so much? So he said, have you met my mother? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, which, which beach town do you go to? Because if, uh, if you're in a certain couple of towns, I have a recommendation recommendation for you better okay perfect we okay have, my parents my parents bought this house in 1966 and i inherited it in 1981 along with my three children 
uh, actually, I didn't inherit it. My husband married it because my father didn't believe in giving to women. He was, <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. God. So, so he, didn't, he gave it to your husband? Seriously? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> oh, my God. And my three sons wow. because the males inherit, okay? Wow. All right, well. So you're really close to Linwood down there. So I want you to check out. There's a guy. Uh, he goes by the Pizza Jew, uh, and he has a pizza place called Bakeria 1010. It is the best pizza down the Jersey Shore, hands down. You need to check it out. So instead of going to Sack of Suds or whatever you were talking about, go to Bakeria 1010. I'm writing it down right now. But you know what? Um, we've been bought at getting uh, pizza. I'm not a big um I'm really not a big pizza eater. Barry would eat it every day if you give it to him. But, uh, I'm not. And we've been going to Saltwater in Margate. They have a really good uh, white pizza with prosciutto ham on it. That's really good. Just if you're on Instagram, follow the Pizza Jew, uh, and you'll see what I'm talking about because it's not just regular pizza. And, and uh, I, I'm, I wouldn't steer you in the wrong di- direction. Uh, okay, is he like on New Road or something? That's where they all are in Linwood. He's actually he's in the the um, the bottom of like an office building, believe it or not. And there's like a commissary yeah. down there. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna call when I get off the phone with you. I'm gonna call Linda and ask her. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make sure Linda. Yeah, cool. yeah, I think Linda will. Kind of, I think she's kind of set already on a Sacco. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe tomorrow. You don't want to cause a rift, um, Beverly. I want to. Uh, one of the things I love about the Goldbergs is is something that uh, Adam writes in and and has been a part of the show is that when referencing people from his childhood, he refers to them by their full names. There's Dave Kim. There's Ruben yeah. Amaro Jr. Uh, and I and I love how. Bradley Cooper will show up from time to time. Have you ever had any um, encounters with Bradley over the years? He was growing up near where Adam grew up as well. No, you want to hear something? This is really kind of funny because Bradley Cooper went to um, uh, went to school. I think it was Germantown Academy. Yeah, it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, Michael Rubenstone, who is a friend of Adam's. And uh, actually, Adam did an episode about uh, called The Other's Mother. Because when they were kids, Betsy Rubenstone and I used to like be in competition. Who yes. had the more talented son? <laughs> yes, yes. It's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Betsy called me afterwards and, and she said, oh, I'm prettier than the actress who played me. I said, it was the personality he was trying to capture. Well, okay. l- let me ask you something and, with that, Beverly, uh, because it d- does appear in the show periodically that uh, the JTP yeah. and other people will mention that Barry or, or Adam, you're hot, they would say they would say you're hot mom. Were, were you yeah. uh, were you considered the hot mom? I, I didn't know I was the hot mom. Did I know? It was just the mom. I, I, it's I, in the I, show I, all the time. They say, here comes your hot mom, or that who's the hot right, mom? Right. Well, you know, it's funny because Wendy looks so much like me as I, uh, you know, but Barry always says to me, you weren't as thin as her. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you because I, I have a list of things that, that pertain to the show, and the legend and lore of the show is so great. You can 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 you uh, verify or deny Murray? In fact, did walk around in his underwear all the time. Well, here's the genesis of that, and I will tell you. Uh, you know, Adam changed some stuff around, and Murray did work in his father's furniture store, but he was a doctor. Right. He went to medical school, and he had to tell his father, "Sorry, I'm becoming a doctor." He had a family practice at Oconset Albany, and he was really loved. Everybody loved him. And he, before that, he worked at Rolling Hill Hospital. He was an anesthesiologist. And when he would come home from work, he'd have his green scrubs on. And I said, you can't come in the house wearing that stuff, germs, everything. So he would strip down, okay? <laughs> then he gave up the anesthesia and had family practice. 
and he was so used to stripping down, he stripped down at the door. <laughs> okay. And, and and more than one of Adam's friends or your, your son's friends would see uh, him oh, or walking around the house in his underwear oh, and yeah. T-shirt. Chad, I mean, Chad lived at our house. You have to understand the Krems were like maybe 50 feet away right across the street. And they had four boys, and we had three boys, and everybody, even the dogs, ran back and forth. And I used to call uh, Jenna, you know, like uh, like every three months and say, I think all my umbrellas are at your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and the cramps are a, a big part of the show as well. It's cool to hear that that was the case. Now, one of my favorite episodes involves um, Pops driving the car into a burger joint. Oh, yeah. did, did. did that actually happen? He did. Um, he uh, he. We took the car away from him. But my father-in-law, Ben, uh, went off the highway. He was the one that went off the highway on 95 in Florida, you know. And after he passed away, we found in the trunk of a car all these clips that he had settled uh, for accidents that he had had. So oh, my Adam, God. And never told Adam, you guys about it? Yeah. Adam kind of combined both stories because both both uh, Pops and Pop-Up, both went off the highway. <laughs> Oh my it's, it's a miracle. I thought it was an exit, and it wasn't an exit. Uh, now, Beverly, there's there's one episode, and we we spoke to Adam about it. It was from uh, you know several several seasons ago, and it was um, where he was getting the photo taken <laughs> of him in that white outfit. And at the end of oh. the show, they showed the picture of it. It was legit. It was real. You picked oh, yeah. out that outfit. What well, you know. You have to understand this one. First of all, he wore the outfit. The first outfit that he uh, he wore twice. So both his brothers bar mitzvahs. Adam is seven and nine years younger. Okay? Uh-huh. They make him a little closer in age on the show. Right. So when Eric got bar mitzvahed, uh, and he was 13, Adam was four. So he was four years old when I put him in that outfit, bought it over at Lord & Taylor's in second. And that was like the look. Yeah. At that time. Right. Okay. Then he was six years old and he had outgrown the outfit. But one of my friends across the street, Barbara um, uh, Elkins, uh, who lived across the street as in Elkins Park, got Elkins. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. She uh, married George, uh, who lived over at Farms with their family house. At any rate, they live up in Lake Winnipesaukee and they're next door to Biden. I mean, not Biden, um, Romney. Yeah. Wow, so there's some so, money there. Yeah, yeah. So she lent me her son's outfit, you know, and I put him in that outfit. He was older. He was already six, and he said, I'm not getting in that, you know. When he was four, he didn't say anything, and he was cute, and he was a little bit – that's the picture when he was six years old. He wasn't 10. Okay. I would never have done that when he was 10. Okay, right, yeah. Well, he, he, it's embarrassing. He was on the air talking to us about it, We and he and he and we could sense that he was still completely mortified, but in, but in a loving way. So uh, that you have that... to understand something. Adam is six years old. He had this video camera, and he would go down the shore here, walk up to the boardwalk. We're like his house on the boardwalk, and stand there and stop people and say, "Would you do an interview with me? I'm doing a documentary for CNN." <laughs> A little precocious, and he would interview people, and they would call. I said, what did you just do? He said, oh, I was interviewing them. So at six years old, when I put that outfit on him, he went, oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> hey, with, the, with the, the, the work with the cameras and so on, did you think it was a phase? Did you think this is something he'll get tired of, or did you guys know this is clearly his calling? Yeah. Uh, 
I kind of knew Mary was like, what is he going to do for a career? What's he going to do? But he was eight years old, and he said to me, I do not want to be a doctor like the rest of them. We had we had 12 doctors in the family. Yeah. And, uh, he said, no way. My father, Pop, was a doctor. I mean, George was, like, blown away when I told him my father was a famous shrink in the city. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, he headed up the uh, criminally insane unit at Byberry. Whoa! Wow. Well, that's wild. Wow. Yeah, it, it, that's... Uh... Wild, yeah, he did. And uh, he had been in family practice, and when he was 40, he was brilliant. He went back and uh, got a, um, uh, a degree, you know, in, in psychiatry, got a residency and so forth in psychiatry. And, you know, Adam is so much like my father, which is maybe why he's the character... He's like the little engine that could, you know, I want to be this. I want to do this. I want to do this and just work towards your goal. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. I I watched it. I watched it, you know, all unfold in front of me. And I thought, you know, I always thought he had something special, but I didn't realize. So he actually started seriously writing at about 12 or 13 uh, how how good he was. I mean. It's it's phenomenal, and the, the fact that he you know stuck with it, and he's 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 obviously got the gift. And, he, and how much is he connected to to schooled? Is is that is that under his control, or is is he well, removed from uh, both now? You know, last summer I had both Barry and Adam came here to visit. I can't believe it was just a year ago, and uh, and Adam hadn't been here at the house in a long, a long time, and he came with the kids. It's when he first sort of stepped down from, you know, the shows. Yeah. And they called him about school. They needed him. And, and uh, you know, I heard him mumbling something about doing it again. And his wife was, like, giving him the look, you know, like, <laughs> I'm a family again. <laughs> well, it, uh, of, of yeah, the way the sh- – go ahead. He was working, like, 22-hour days. And, oh. you, know, you know, she said to him, the kids are getting older, and if you want to spend time with them and so forth. So – um, at any rate, uh, it was funny because Barry, they were coming, and Barry was running around with my husband Stan's labeler, putting his name on everything, so Barry, Adam didn't take it, like the hockey stick. And the- He's <laughs> dropping the S word, <laughs> body mouth. Sorry. So he was running around with the labeler, and I said, you're 50 years old, and you're worried your brother's going to drive on your, drive your bike or ride your bike. <laughs> I guess, I guess it, it never changes, but I mean, that's... That's but that's why it's so it's so cool. And that's why people connect to it. Um, And so I want to ask you. So the book is out. It's called the Goldberg's Cookbook. It's available, I assume, uh, through Amazon. We know it's been um, given a thumbs up. And uh, you as you said, the book comes out and COVID hits and you're not able to promote it. But our, no, is, it, I was supposed to do book signings at Barnes and Noble in Philadelphia. Right. And everything got bumped aside. I did do some PR for it on Instagram and all this stuff. I had to learn how to use Instagram. I had never uh, used it before. And you can only hold your iPad up in one direction and all that. You know, I, I somebody, my friend Linda just said to me, are they going to do a Zoom with you today? I said, I hope not. I don't look so great. <laughs> I, mean, so I, I, I love this. Yeah, I am but, wearing pants. I am wearing pants and stuff. I oh. was in shorts most of the summer, but now it's turned a little cool down here. And to tell you the truth, uh, we're staying here through probably November only because I'm doing some construction work here on the house. I'm 
finally, after all these years, updating it into the new millennium. <laughs> nice. Hey, and uh, yeah, Beverly. By the way, uh, with you know, with the cookbook and everything, what what is your your screen name on Instagram again? I think it's under Goldilocks four hundred five. What was it, Nick? What was the other name? It was something Parm, wasn't it? Was it Shrimp Parm? Oh, shrimp. Uh, yeah, on your Twitter account, oh, Beverly. It was Twitter. Yeah, you you have a website that's attached to it. Is it Shrimp Parm Book? Oh. Adam wrote that. <laughs> oh, okay. Time, wait a minute. Every time he comes, he gets he runs away with my phone, and he does uh, all kinds of stuff. So if I refer to myself, it comes up obnoxious mother or something like that. Oh, oh that's always, funny. Like fooling around on my phone. Oh, that's After great. Every week, I never know, and then I'll like tap something to call one of my kids, and it'll come up whatever Adam has written. So he wrote that. Even okay. at this point, even at this age, he's doing that kind of stuff, and it shows you that things don't change. One episode, and, and not to keep fanboying on the episodes, but there's guys, <laughs> when I visit Adam in California, I bring toys for my grandchildren and him. <laughs> him and him. <laughs> <laughs> there's one episode, and they use the actual recording where you left about seventy messages on his answering machine, um, oh, demanding that he call. Uh, that, you know that he calls back, and and uh, and and again, well, the, the wait a minute. Yeah, tomorrow is my birthday. That's right, ah. my birthday. And if those kids don't call me, if the only messages I get are all those people on Facebook and on Twitter and stuff, I am really going to be angry. So I'm putting this out there. If any of my kids, like Barry, Barry will call. He's always the first one to yeah. call. But um, Eric's mad at me right now. He's Why? Why is Eric mad at you? Oh, you know, I want to come visit. And he said, no way. You're around people. I'm not. We're like in isolation here. I, You know, that since March, we've been out to a restaurant twice. Okay. And that was just recently. And we ate outside. I mean, I've been cooking every single night. I'm so sick of my cooking by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, but, you're, but you're healthy. So so that's you're doing I the right thing. He put 10 pounds on. He said, what is with these four-course dinners? He said, one thing. It's enough. <laughs> it's by the way, yeah. Yeah, my, my cookbook did really well, and I'm excited about that. And I'm looking forward to the new show. I'm interested to see what they do. And, you know, I send now guilt letters to Chris Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. It's just like he's one of the teachers at, at, at uh, the school that you would harangue. And uh, yes. and you're, you're getting it done. And I'll tell you what. Oh, I, I That is true. Well, I was there every single day, practically. I should have gotten the job. <laughs> you know, uh because, you know, my feeling was, um, you know, he was a 10 charter. And we paid a lot of bucks for it. And, yeah. You know, and I was an ex-teacher. I taught third grade. He had that awful teacher in third grade that was miserable. You know the story. I yep. told you guys the story with him. And uh, he still remembers it. I still remember it. I swear he uh, can't tell time because she harassed him. And he's, like, psychological with that. Everything he can't else- tell time? He could tell time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly, we have to have you on again. Yeah, yeah. When when all this craziness goes away, you have to come by our studio sometime where we can sit down and you know you can make us something to eat. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the order in for the banana cake and shrimp well, parm. Guys, yeah, you're so polite. You didn't ask how old I am. My, my friend <laughs> no. here last night. The guy just told me I look 20 years younger. Mm. I said, "Oh, I love those compliments." Well, listen, we know we we know you are the hot mom of Jenkintown. So uh, we're you know we're we're color us impressed. And and by the way, what I, what is what is the title of the? 
I'll tell you who I look like. When my kids were young and we would go to Florida, everybody would stop me. They thought I looked like Elizabeth Montgomery on Bewitched. Oh, that was, that, she was stunning. That's damn good. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. I did look like it. I say, I'm not her. I'm not her. Please, can we have an autograph? I'm not her. So, <laughs> that's that's you know, a good problem that. to have. Yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah. Better than uh, looking like Darren. Uh, Beverly, yeah. so what? What? If, what is the title of the cookbook if, if people do want to get out and get it? Okay, it's the Goldberg Family Cookbook. Okay. And uh, I wrote the forward on it. I actually, I worked on the cookbook for one entire year. Okay. And then, uh, of course, they did it at the publishers, got somebody to try all the recipes and take pictures and all that stuff. So I have a co-writer there that did it. Madam wrote the, uh, the end piece okay. uh, about our family. And there are some pictures. There's a picture of me on the back cover that, I'll tell you a secret. Adam said he photoshopped because I look fat. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, that is said, awesome. What do you He said, I made your face. I took away that double chin a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's what great. kids are for, right? You got to love yeah, that, yeah. son. You got to love him. Okay. Excellent. So, All right. Um, you know, I'm hoping they do good stuff with the show this year. And if not, I'm on Chris's case right away. Yeah. All right. All right. We will count on you to get Please it back do. up to standards. Do. And happy uh, early birthday. Yeah. yeah happy birthday. birthday to you, Beverly. And it's it's been uh, a pleasure speaking with you. I am 77 tomorrow. I no. Uh, wow. Oh, my God. It's just like, and Wendy's, is two, her birthday is two days after. Of course, yeah. Okay. Uh, she was actually, she's the same age as Barry. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, she was born a week before I had Barry. So she could have been my daughter, absolutely. And, uh, and now she's I'm playing talking, you. Um, and my final word, guys, I really hope that uh, Chris and Alex listen to Adam and take some of his story ideas. Because his mind is like nobody else's. And he's got the funniest stories about our family. Um, and he still has a ton of them. And I was kind of bummed when he left, but I understand that he wanted a life apart from that. And he's developing fabulous new shows for uh, Disney. Uh, he sold a couple. He doesn't want to be a showrunner anymore, but, you know, he's involved in everything that he does. No, know? I hear you, and, and I, I definitely agree. It needs, it needs the right touch. So yep. I, 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 we, we support your campaigning. Yes, I, I am campaigning for that. I mean, Chris would hire me in a minute and give story ideas, but I'm not because I'm a lot cheaper than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, Beverly, it's great to meet you. Thanks for coming on this morning. and Hopefully we're talking again soon. Yes, I, and I hope when all this is over, guys, stay safe. Both, both of you, n- nobody's been sick. You've been pretty We've good. We've been good. Yep, Everyone's yep, good. good. Yeah. Yep. All right. You okay. stay safe, too, Beverly. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Beverly okay. Goldberg, guys. Yay! Oh my God! And her. By the way, the website is shrimpparmchef.com, <laughs> and the location is. And Adam, I guess, wrote this on her, on her Twitter account, Cuddle Fort. <laughs> She's at the Cuddle Fort. Oh my she God! I love her. She is yeah. great. I love her. She's. Yeah. And it, she she dropped the S bomb twice. Yeah, <laughs> we had to dump out on her. So. Well, do you remember the episode with the swear jar? Yeah, because she she dro- the F word is her word of choice. Oh my god! And then uh, they have they had one where they she was just going you know right and left. <laughs> I love it. And uh, it's it's terrific. Excellent. I don't know why we've waited so long to have her on. Yeah, that was excellent. All right, we need to take a break, so we're going to do that. Come back in a second. When we return, we'll dive into the bizarre file. So make sure you're with us. 
WMMR.com contest page for your chance to win the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Homegate Kickoff Prize Pack, including a $100 Primo Hoagies gift card, a four-pack of custom pint glasses, a case of Bud Light Platinum, and more. All delivered personally by members of the Preston and Steve Show. WMMR.com. Everything that rocks. We have a new Daily Rush video for you to check out, and it's called German Meditation. Uh, the description says, and it's in all caps, clear your mind, schnell, relax, <laughs> schnell, schnell. What does schnell mean? Uh, hurry up. Yeah. It uh, means hurry up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You hear the guy on the tank yell it a lot in, uh, in uh, Last Crusade in Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. Also in Die Hard. Okay. When they're trying to uh, fix the gun to shoot yeah. down at the uh, the, oh. the armored vehicle yeah. outside of the Takano. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Schnell. only actual German they speak. Is that in that correct? Like they the were die just, hard? Yeah. No, no. In fact, he tells him shoot the glass yeah. before that. The reason he says it like that is because he says it in German, and the guy looks at him going, "What?" what? He goes, "Shoot the glass." Yeah, and the guys are some of the guys are communicating in German that you know it's not trans it's not subtitled as uh, they're they're coming in and they're they're cutting the uh, the lines the phone lines and everything. Yeah, but i had heard that uh and maybe this is it is made up that they were just making up german oh. words when they were talking they were just german gibberish <laughs> yeah okay which is a great album by the way german, <laughs> german gibberish. gibberish yeah <laughs> my um, favorite <laughs> the the daily rush video is now available at presidentsdave.com sponsored by punchline philly uh, Fishtown's first comedy club restaurant and bar. And while you're perusing videos, I I made a I had made a drum video a couple weeks ago of Van Halen Unchained. Uh-huh. I already had it in the can. I was going to wait for uh, you know a couple more weeks. I, I just roll them out every now and then. But it seems appropriate. And it passed yesterday, so I, I put that up on my on my YouTube page. If you want to take a look, it's it. You can go to YouTube and just type in my name, Preston Elliott, and you should be able to find it. So it was a fun and You do a little tribute to, play. To, to him as well in the video. I, just, I put a little graphic beforehand and, and you know, and said, we'll miss you, Eddie. Little so. clips of uh, Beetlejuice, right? Well, well, yeah, well. it's yeah. his favorite movie of all time, which, by the way, is yeah? the secret text word prize. That's crazy. It's not really his favorite. No, well, we, it may we, have been. I can never there's say There's no way to say it was not. No. I never and, heard him say what his favorite movie was. So text He word, was never asked. Text words. <laughs> Eddie, what's your favorite movie? Beetlejuice. Uh, text, text the word secret to 39333, and we'll send a word back to you. We'll see if you win in a little bit. All right, let's do the Bizarre File right now. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Brought to you by Horizon Services. Take the stress out of fall heating problems by taking $50 off any heating repair. Plus, get a free one-inch filter, two-year guarantee included. Horizonservices.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> a woman crazily threatened to kill her boyfriend's family dog after they changed their Wi-Fi password and refused to give her the new one. He was going to murder the dog because he couldn't get access she to Wi-Fi? Was. Oh, she was? She was, yeah. So it's a five-minute video of the unnamed tenant freaking out on the family's front doorstep. And I will I will uh, read you the excerpts okay. uh, from. So the footage was filmed by the person's friend whose brother lives in the basement with the woman. And she's yelling, I live here. It's It's illegal. Why don't you come outside and be a woman? Come outside. Let's talk. Give me the effing Wi-Fi before you get arrested and your mom, because I live here and it's illegal. If you want me to try that way, or you want me, or you want your dog to come dead. She what? <laughs> she left out a few words. <laughs> yeah. Or you want your dog to come dead? 
She says, I have ways in, and your dog won't be breathing tomorrow. You have two seconds to give me the Wi-Fi. I need Wi-Fi. So just because she's in an apartment in the house, yeah. she believes she's entitled to the access to their Wi-Fi? <laughs> and then she says, dog, doggy, dead. Wow, she's like Tonto. She said, you're not going to F with me because when you're outside by yourself one day, you're going to be effed. You want walk dead dog? The woman <laughs> boldly threatens to poison the dog, saying she has just the thing for him. She insists that threatening a dog is not against the law because it's not a human being. Wi-Fi, no dead dog, yes. She said, what are you going to do, find a new one? You're not going to F with my life, little bitch. The woman then mocks her boyfriend's sister's appearance, saying... You killed yourself for a nose job. You Why? took too many pills to get your effing nose done, and it looks like S. She referenced the teen's mother losing a case. Where are y'all going? Right? Likely referring to attempts to get them evicted from the basement. So She's, this video is hilarious. There's a, there's a thin window in the door, and the yeah. lunatic is outside the door screaming, and even the dog's looking like, who is this idiot? She said, so guess what, bitch? You're going to be dealing with me for a very long time, so I suggest you give me the Wi-Fi or you don't have Wi-Fi, because I have ways around that. Okay. <laughs> Would you like me to do that, yes or no? You want your dog dead? I want you to go away, the teen says. Listen, it goes on for three pages. Wow. I'm not going to go through yeah. this whole thing. I know. She's crazy. Uh, so, anyhow, it t- actually, I'm sorry. It goes on for four pages. Oh, my God. Uh, the place well, there's were- also just the, the credits and the... Uh- yeah, the appendix. Uh, the the police were called on this. Apparently, they they've been called multiple times because this woman she lives in their basement and they want her out, and so they're they're working on it. But she looks psychotic, completely. Thing. Okay, uh, security researchers recently found out the consequences of having a major security flaw in a popular sex toy could have been catastrophic for tens of thousands of users. UK-based security firm Pen Test Partners said the flaw. In the Kiwi Cellmate Internet Connected Chastity Lock, billed as the world's first app-controlled chastity device, could have allowed anyone, and get this, to remotely and permanently lock in the user's penis. Wow. Oh. So this is like a, like a submissive thing, right? Yes. So the Cellmate Chastity Lock right. works by allowing a trusted partner to remotely lock and unlock the chamber over Bluetooth and uh, a mo- using a, a cell phone app. Uh, that app communicates with the lock using an API, but that API was left open and without a password, allowing anyone to take complete control of any user's device so at just, any time. Just randomly lock up some dude's penis. Yeah. So I assume that they could they hold this control over someone. They wear this thing, and right. then, then they, they hit this button, and it locks it. Right. And the chamber was designed to lock with a metal ring underneath the user's penis. Uh, the researchers said that it may require the intervention of a heavy-duty bolt cutter or an angle grinder to no. free the user. So is it like a like a C-ring? I uh, either that or like you remember we had the the guy on the other day talking about penis cage. Yeah, oh, yeah, you like know, that. So yeah. stuff like that. So maybe you're not. I mean, like, could you keep someone from going to the bathroom with something like this? I I, I think you could just pee yourself regardless but yeah and maybe short out the circuitry and override it uh kiwi chief executive jay gua had told uh the publication that a fix would arrive in august but that deadline came and went so uh you know hey download the app and start hitting the button around your office place and see who winces and you know they're wearing one (laughs) you hear these stories every now and then a uh, gynecologist who worked 
at an artificial insemination program uh. at his Dutch hospital, fathered at least 17 children using his own sperm without informing the parents. There's countless uh, uh, stories like this, and I don't what don't they take precautions? Mm. I yeah, think so. Well, what did he just leave like an open barrel there, and the guy sits next to it and just... with a ladle? Yeah, <laughs> here I mean, you go. If it, if it went through all the testing, Siemens what's the difference? Up. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know. Uh, gynecologist? Well, I, no. I uh, mean, listen. I guess it's unethical to do that, but it, well, sometimes people, I think, require ask for specific they, genetic traits. They do a screening yeah. uh, for you know college education and, yeah, yeah. and some they don't say like just that. just give me the semen of the guy who stays the latest. But you're <laughs> you know you're 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 not getting what you paid for, right? Right. Sanchez, what it comes. Down I mean, to. essentially, if they're picking from a menu, right? Right. And they're asking for you know menu number twenty two. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm going to give him 44 instead. Then, then, then you are in violation of the agreement. Yeah, but what yeah. if he matches 22? Well, that's they not didn't ask the case. For, they didn't ask for 44. Not, I mean, and mind you, you could give him a 22 and an 18. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, it's like you. You know, you wanted uh, you wanted Evian, but you got uh, you know yeah this other, and it tastes slightly different. You know you the know? taste, right, of the semen saying, you like. You know the difference. But what if it was Evian? What if he matched Evian? I'm moving on. You can't get pregnant from Avion. <laughs> Why are you even talking about water? The gynecologist Jan Vildschukt, yeah, who once who has since died, worked at uh, Sophia Hospital, now known as I died because I pleasured myself to death as Isala Hospital uh, yeah. from 1981 through 1993. Uh, the hospital said in a statement, from a more perspective, a moral perspective, Isala finds it unacceptable that a gynecologist fertility doctor was both practitioner and sperm donor. Well, I'm. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. The hospital said the gynecologist Ooh, don't... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be my regular Saturday nighting. <laughs> uh, the hospital said the gynecologist donor children who have been confirmed using DNA tests and his family are in regular contact and have a good relationship with each other. Isn't there a show on right now where there's all... Like like they, a, a whole bunch of people, adults, find out that they've had the same father from one oh, of these. I don't know. Yeah. By the way, this case is not the first time a Dutch fertility doctor has been unmasked for using his own sperm to inseminate women. Last year, DNA results confirmed that Jan Karbat yeah. had fathered at least 49 children without Whoa. informing the parents that he was using his own sperm. What do they get out of that? I, there's some that sort of that they're uh, that they're carrying or, or, or that they're carrying on their line of sort, perhaps you know. But even the though line is unknown, even though they'll never be yeah. in contact with these people, I don't know. Or it's uh, it's like you know, it's like guys who do upskirt thingies. Yeah, don't, don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it's like Evian. It's like it's exactly a, like I don't Evian. get that. It's either. like Dasani and Evian. I'm a Deer Park guy. Yeah, that's good water. <sighs> All right, uh, let's get a winner for the secret text word. Kathy, give me a number. Caller, please. 12. All right, call number 12 at 215 You like that? <laughs> oh, man. You like that, don't you? You like that 12. You like that number, baby? All right. It's two sixes. Call number 12, 215 WMMR. It's what, what? Six. It's two sixes. That's right. Sure is. All right, let's see if you know the secret text word. We're going to come back and get a winner, and uh, we'll do lesson question trash music news as well. Stay with us. Here, Preston and Steve. You can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or celebrating love, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com. Uh, we got to get a winner for Secret Text Word, right? I thought we did. Uh, okay. Well, we have this. Yeah, we'll find out a little bit. You know what? I will mention that we had a random texter. We did. Uh, who won? Yes, it was Annabelle. Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> all you have to do is like... Do that. You, you lighten your voice up. when You know, if you're talking like this, and all of a sudden you take a moment to go like this, it Annabelle shows up all the time. Hi. <laughs> you're going to be my regular Saturday night thing. <laughs> It will sometimes get me randomly in the day. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. I don't know. Uh, we lost winner. Trying to get him back. Is a message on my screen. Don't worry about it. Set Can him you up. Call in and pretend like I'm that winner. Yeah. Sure. Let's do. <laughs> winner. Winner. Chicken dinner. <laughs> are you calling? Yeah. Okay. All right. I want to do this. Uh, I'm going to the other. Yeah. Room. Go in the other room, please. All right. So uh, we were. We had people text in. Uh, to 933 WMMR to actually 39333. And I think I have someone on the line. <laughs> You're doing this? I, yeah. Of course we are. We have to do Hi, it. Call her. Who is this? Hey, this is Annabelle. <laughs> Annabelle. Hi, Annabelle. <laughs> Annabelle, do you know the secret text word? Oh, my God, I do. Am, am I the 12th caller? Yes. Okay, the word is Deo. Deo. Oh, yes. Second. Oh. Oh. Well done, Annabelle. Listen. <laughs> you must be at work. So quiet. Annabelle, we have a copy, a digital download of Beetlejuice for you. Oh, my God. That's my favorite movie. <laughs> Where and is he? He's in the he's green in the room. studio. Yeah. He builds off. He's in the other studio. <laughs> um, did you know that that's Eddie Van Halen's favorite movie? I did. <laughs> All right, congratulations, Annabelle. Hang on the line. We'll get your Wait information. A what? Wait, I got a joke for you guys. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> okay. okay, what is it? Okay, what has a tiny penis and hangs down? What is a tiny penis and hangs down? I don't know, Annabelle. What is it? A bat. Get it? <laughs> I got a- another joke. What Wait. has a big penis and hangs up? Oh. oh, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> oh, that okay. Here we go. Wow, that <laughs> Annabelle was a card. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so we have a we have a copy of uh, Beetlejuice, right, Casey? For yeah, the that's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Been here the whole time. Been here the whole time. The whole time. God, it's so <laughs> stupid. It's like I just went to tell that joke. Elementary school kids. <laughs> I can't believe in 22 years we've never done anything like that before. I can't believe after 22 years we did do something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, Annabelle and Tracy Banks uh, get a digital download of Beetlejuice. Uh-oh. Uh, say his name three times and let the hysterical horror begin. Tim Burton's beloved classic Beetlejuice starring Michael Keaton as the ghost for the most is veiled now in 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and digital. Am I going to this caller? I don't know. No. Hi, Dave. Oh. Hi, is this Dave? <laughs> okay. The, Dave! Weird, the weirdness is continuing. Uh, uh, Dave, do you know the secret text word? Dave. Yes, that is Yay! correct. Yes, you got it. And I'm not going through the spiel again. Hang on. We'll you get your information. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy it. 
Beetlejuice. You've already seen it. Uh, we're going to do today's lesson question. We're going to give away a $50 dining credit and an overnight stay at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. Uh, let me see what we have here. Uh, besides the cello, what does Yo-Yo Ma excel at? 215-263-WMMR. That's when we were doing the stupid question and the birthdays early this morning, the 6 o'clock hour. Besides the cello, what does Yo-Yo Ma excel at? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. And while you're calling in, we will do the trash. The trash business is a gold <laughs> 93.3-WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. <laughs> All right, Steve, what's up? Well, Cassie Randolph has reportedly filed a police report against her ex, The Bachelor's Colton Underwood, for allegedly placing a tracking device on her car. Underwood is defending himself, saying he just wanted to know where Randolph was all the time and didn't want to kill her or anything. (laughs) According to the Globe, the upkeep on the Queen's palaces during the corona shutdown is draining the royal family's financial reserves. Things have reportedly gotten so bad that the Queen has started an OnlyFans page. Oh, (laughs) Oh, God. Wow. Calls are mounting within South Korea for members of megaband BTS to be given a delay before having to perform mandatory military service. Little known fact, Michael Jackson was given a similar deferment before he finally became a rear admiral. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's your Hollywood track. All righty. Uh, let's see if we can find an answer to this question. Uh, besides Cello, what does Yo-Yo Ma excel at? 215-263-WMMR. And to Luke, we go, Luke, are you there? Hey, man, thank you for calling me Presbo. Luke, do me a favor. Tell me what Yo-Yo Ma excels at. Yo-Yo trick. You are correct. Hang on a second, Luke. We're going to get your information. And you do indeed get a $50 dining credit and an overnight stay at the Hard Rock Hotel Casino Atlantic City. Winner of 17 Best Gaming Awards in Casino Player Magazine, including Best Suites, Best Spa, and Favorite Casino Resort. Indoor and outdoor dining is now available. You can get fall escape rates at the hotel starting at $79 Sunday through Thursday. Visit HardRockHotelAtlanticCity.com. Let's do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by HERS. Game day traditions even at your home gate. However you are gearing up for the game, make sure to have Philly's favorite chip, HERS. Forever good. Obviously, we've been spending the entire morning talking about uh, Eddie Van Halen and the uh, blind side yesterday at the announcement of his death uh, due to a long battle with cancer. Uh, I think we had heard rumors here and there yes. uh, that things were not so great, but it really hadn't been in the news in a while, and it kind of took everyone by surprise. We have some clips. We've talked a lot, of, and we played a lot of songs this morning. I want to play a couple of clips that we have from... Uh, Eddie talking about uh, growing up and and um, and music and so on in his life. So here's one where Eddie and his brother Alex. He talks about him and Alex switching instruments. Yes, uh, because Alex had played guitar, Eddie had played drums, and I'll let Eddie take it from here. We discovered the Beatles and Dave Clark Five, and of course, like any kid, we wanted to rock and roll. I quit uh, piano lessons and said, I want to get myself a drum kit because I like. Uh, song glad all over boom, 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 uh, by Dave Clark Five and I wanted to play drums all I remember is me coming home and he's playing my drums <laughs> and then finally I just said okay he's just better than I am so I never wanted to play guitar but I said okay go ahead take my drums I'll play your damn guitar how funny is that and, and there and, and there you go turns out to be the one of the yeah. greatest to ever pick up the instrument 
and it's because his brother stole his drums from him. But it would have happened anyway. He would have gravitated towards it. I'm certain of it. I was given the trombone, mm-hmm. and I put that down and never picked up anything. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is Eddie talking about never taking guitar lessons. Here we go. Instead of reading a book, I wrote my own, so to speak. Um, uh, I'd say that 90% of the things that I do on guitar, if I had taken lessons and learned by the book, I would not play it all the way I do. Yeah, I, I believe that. Steve, did you ever take lessons on the bell? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm really good at that. Yeah. You know that. But, I mean, that, I mean, that's a natural thing. We get little flashes of it every yeah. now and then. No, it's interesting that he said that because I remember, um, you know, Paul Gilbert, who we've had in here before, he was a virtuoso guitarist in his own. And he was, by the time he was 15, he was already, people were going, wow, watch yeah. this guy. But I remember reading something about him saying that <clears throat> when he started playing on his own, and it was before he took lessons, he thought for some reason that you only strum up. Uh-huh. When you play, you don't strum down. So he only played like that. And what that did is gave him a different kind of start, and, and so playing up was not awkward to him. Wow. And it, it may have influenced his eventually becoming as good as he is. It's amazing. And, and Eddie mm-hmm. kind of having his own little quirky way of teaching himself may have made him as great as he turned out. Maybe if I had strummed the trombone. Maybe if yeah. you would have tried that. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip for you. This is, uh, you can hear how torn up he is. We had mentioned Gene Simmons was an early believer in Van Halen. Yes. Kind of wanted to, uh, <clears throat> you know, be a mentor of sorts. And uh, he had posted a video. Is this him when he's kind of breaking up? That, I don't know what this clip oh. is. I think it might be, yeah. Is, well, this says Gene Simmons on the passing of Eddie. Yeah, he, it, it, he's not very emotional in this, but there's a longer clip where he gets a little bit emotional. There was a short one I saw yeah. yesterday where he was about to cry. Okay, which yeah. I, th- I, thought I mean, was he's pretty... definitely emotional. Yeah, here we go. I just found out... Um... Eddie Van Halen passed away. Uh, yeah, this is it. I'm heartbroken. Uh, he wasn't just a guitar god to millions of people, but Eddie was a gentle soul. What can I say? Rest in peace, Eddie. Rest in peace. Uh, and you can imagine the entire rock community is is uh making statements sammy hagar posted heartbroken and speechless my love to the family david lee roth posted a picture of he and eddie backstage uh within the past decade it wasn't real really an old picture writing what a long great trip it's been michael anthony posted photos of uh, the two uh together on stage in the early 80s writing no words heartbroken my love to the family (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me, <clears throat> Valerie Burton, po- Valerie Bertinelli. I'm sorry, posted a very touching. Oh, it was really sweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have the the transcription of it, but she talks about his impish smile yeah, and yeah. how he gave her the one gift that is the, the light greater, of her life, or something greater than anything ever. And and uh, yeah, here I'll, Nick just pulled it. Forty years ago, my life changed forever when I met you. You gave me the one true light in my life. Our song Wolfgang, and through all your challenging treatments for lung cancer. Uh, you kept your gorgeous spirit and that impish grin. I'm so grateful, Wolfie, and I were able to hold you in our last, in your last moment. So they uh. must have been right there. <clears throat> I will uh, see you in our next life, my love. Uh. So I don't, even though they broke up, I don't think it ever died completely. I never, her. Heard, no, I, 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 yeah, I think it was. She got remarried. Uh, yeah, she did. Uh, so uh, lung cancer. Her mention of that, I, that that was something I had not heard. Um, but maybe no, he but, was being treated for lung cancer. I, who knows, man? He was. God, did he smoke a lot. He all the yeah. time. Yeah, so that eventually can get to you. Uh, Pete Townsend told Rolling Stone, this is interesting, I didn't know this. He said, I was 
once asked by Michael Jackson to play electric guitar on the Thriller album. I said I couldn't do it, but recommended Eddie, who called and we chatted. Uh, he was utterly charming, happy about the connection, but told me how much he was enjoying playing keyboards. His smile was just classic. A man in his rightful place, so happy to be doing what he did. It's completely tragic that we've lost him. Uh, he was not just an innovative and stylish player with great taste. He was also a laid-back virtuoso showman who just blew us all away every time. Every a suggestion, Pete. I have a, have a bat joke for you. No, no. <laughs> but he goes on to say, every shredder today has lost their master teacher and guide. Yeah. Uh, as he got older, he became more generous and amusing and self-effacing about his enormous gift. He shared so many tricks through guitar workshops online and on TV shows. Immense talent. The great American guitar player. I was hoping uh, that he might be president one day, he said. And people like Brian May. Brian May said, completely gutted to hear the sad news. This wonderful man was way too young to be taken. What a talent. What a legacy. Probably the most original and dazzling rock guitarist in history. I think of him as a boy, an innocent prodigy, always full of joy, always modest. And those truly magical fingers open up a door to a new kind of playing. I treasure the moments we shared. His passing leaves a giant hole in my heart. Wow. R.I.P. Ed Van Halen from Bry. And there were more from Neil Sean and the whole band of Metallica, Flea, Mike McCready, Joe Bonamassa, Joe Walsh, Ozzy Osbourne, Steve Vai, Tom Morello. It's funny, you know, uh, Joe Satriani, Tommy Lee, Brian Wilson, Ingve Malmsteen, even Cat Stevens. Um, and it's funny, you know, Nick, I mentioned uh, uh, Mike McCready. And I always thought of the guys in that era to be kind of anti what Eddie Van Halen was. Not Mike. And to kind of frown upon that. You know who was a huge fan of his? Billy Corgan was yeah. a huge Eddie well, Van Halen fan. He wanted to be Eddie Van Halen. And, you know, when, the, when that kind of grunge alt-rock movement happened, the guitar solos disappeared. They went away. And I had always thought maybe those guys didn't hold somebody like Eddie Van Halen in high regard, but they certainly did. They were just doing their own thing. Well, look at Weezer. Look at, uh, yeah. Their, yeah, their... Rivers Cuomo. Rivers Cuomo, the adoration. Yeah. yeah, Pearl Jam and Mike McCready posted something yesterday, which was I thought was pretty cool. He, um, and Mike uh, adored Eddie Van Halen. Uh, his two biggest influences growing up were Kiss and Van Halen. And so he talked about um, how he learned how to play guitar after listening to Van Halen. He called him... Uh, what did he... Uh, I, I want to get it verbatim. He says, uh, <clears throat> Eddie was like Mozart for guitar. Changed everything, and he played with soul. Okay. Wow. Uh, so, <clears throat> obviously, there's going to be more and more uh, outpouring as uh, as the days go on. So, I'll move on to another loss in the world of music. Uh, singer-songwriter Johnny Nash. Yeah. Died at the age of 80. You guys know him. Mm -hmm. His biggest hit was I Can See Clearly Now. Beautiful, beautiful song. Um, he died of natural causes. He was 80 years old. He died at his uh, Houston home. You hit a case. Go ahead and play it. Um, so th this was uh, number one for four weeks in 1972. Great song. Just a beautiful song. And he also had a, another uh, hit with uh, Bob Marley. Well, yeah, so here's the deal. And, and I didn't know the connection. So he had um, apparently had first traveled to Jamaica in 1958 while co-starring with Burt Lancaster in a movie called Take a Giant Step, which featured Nash in a dramatic role portraying a black man coming of age, of age in America. Wasn't familiar with that. Yeah. He was fascinated by Jamaica's scenery and music, so he returned in the late 60s <clears throat> to use Jamaican mus musicians for a pair of singles, which included a cover of Sam Cooke's Cupid. It didn't do well in the U.S., but it hit top ten in Britain, 
So he relocated to London in 1971, and he hired Bob Marley as a songwriter because at the time Bob wasn't that big. And among or some guy from Delaware, so. he was kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. But among the tunes that that Bob wrote for Nash was "Stirred Up," which yeah. was a hit for both of them because I know mainly Bob Marley's version of that. Yeah. Uh, Marley used the money he received from writing songs for Nash to start his Tough Gong record label. In 1972, Nash returned to Jamaica and recruited most of Bob's band, the Whalers, to help him record an original composition original composition called I Can See Clearly Now. And the track into the Hot 100 September 9, 1972 hit the top spot on the 4th and stay there for a solid month. Stirred Up, I think, is my favorite Marley song. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I believe he wrote it um, about the, the women in his life. I believe he was sitting on the front porch, and they were um, they were sweeping. And, and he okay. was talking about them the, staring it up. I recently, a couple, Don't of quote week, me on that. a couple of weeks ago, I watched um, a documentary about Bob Marley. I think it's just called Marley. It is fantastic. I was... I was getting emotional watching this, and I've never really sat and listened to the lyrics of um, Is This Love? I'm, I'm even getting a little choked yeah, up yeah, yeah. thinking about it right now, but it was just, oh, man, it was so spot on. It's really a good watch if you guys ever want to get a, a, a taste as to why Bob Marley I got to watch that one. was so amazing. Because I watched a documentary called Marley and Me, and there was... Um, there, was, there was no that, reggae in it at all. There's crying in that, though. Yeah. For sure. Can I hear um, Johnny Nash's version of Stir It Up? Because I yep. n- have never heard it before. Yeah, go ahead. By the way, I can see clearly now. Nice. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a cover version of I Can See Clearly Now uh, resurfaced in 1993, Cool Runnings. Uh, Jimmy Cliff had done a, a cover of yeah. that and kind of yeah. brought it back into the spotlight. So, sad news, Johnny Nash, 80 years old. Uh, you know what? I'll just do one more thing, and uh, that's it. Billy Joe Armstrong keeps uh, had kept fans entertained during quarantine with his No Fun Monday series, and he posted covers to YouTube each week. Including songs like uh, I Think We're Alone Now, John Lennon's Give Me Some Truth, and uh, the theme to Tom Hanks's film That Thing You Do. Now those songs will be released into a 14-song collection on November 27th. Why not? On vinyl, CD, and digital. Uh, Billboard reports that the singles uh, from No Fun Mondays will be made available on streaming services every week in the run-up to the release. So that should be pretty cool. Excellent. All right. And that is my music news report for you today. We're going to take a break. We will come back in a moment and wrap things up. Not before I give away one final $25 gift card from The Brick and Barrel. We're here this morning as part of the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Thursday night home gate kickoff. Visit WMMR.com slash Bud Light to enter to win a football home gate prize pack delivered safely by a member of the Preston and Steve Show. By the way, take caller number 10. We'll give you this prize. Uh, and also, well, I'll give you the gift card. Uh, but they're, they're going to deliver everything you need to kick off your at-home football weekend in style, like a case of Bud Light Platinum, a case of custom WMMR Bud Light Platinum Seltzer pint glasses, and a gift card to a local restaurant like the Brick and Barrel. So that $25 gift card goes to caller number 10. We'll be back in just a moment. Freshen up your look with a fall merch update at MMR's Rock Shop. Oh. 
Head to WMMR.com and grab the latest hoodie or winter hat. For all you Halloween heads, hit up aisle one for a flurry of ghostly face masks. They'll get you right in the spirit. And work nicely if you're one of those, this is my costume kind of people. Plus, gift cards, t-shirts, hats, and coffee mugs for a unique gift for that person who has everything. The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Everything that rocks your wardrobe. And more. You know, like I said, the outpouring of, uh, of tributes and so on online, you're going to be able to see plenty and maybe check out some videos you've never seen of him and the band or whatever, maybe interviews. Uh, and you can go to WMMR.com because we'll be posting stuff like that and have been posting stuff like that. Uh, so thank you to Ike Richmond for coming on this morning. Ike has uh, had a long history with the band. He's a promotions guy at the Wells Fargo Center and was uh, friends with Ed. And then we also had uh, comedian Craig Gass, who actually lived... For about five months in the 5150 studio in Ed's backyard. Great stories. Great stories. And uh, and completely unrelated to that at all, but a wonderful conversation with Beverly Goldberg. Yeah, we love her. As dramatized on the show, The Goldberg, she's the real deal. She was a sweetheart. Yeah. Awesome having her on this morning. Pierre Robert has arrived. Hey, man. Good day. How are you, sir? Good. Uh, I had Icon yesterday with Jackson as well. Um, uh, he's been to 69 yeah. Van Halen shows. Is that unbelievable? He has a, a knowledge uh, database within his head of Van Halen information, which is stunning. Um, and uh, one of the things I was fascinated with, and I talked about, I, I missed the conversation that you guys had with him, but uh, was going to the, uh, Ike actually went to the Smithsonian when Ed presented a couple of his guitars down there. Yeah. Uh, did he talk about that? With he you t- guys? he talks about like the conversation, the the sort of talk that he gave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he. Ike has seen a lot of upfront things, and he's also been to fifty one fifty, and he described for us yesterday um, walking up there, and there's a golf cart uh, that's decked out like the guitar. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, I mean, just things like that. You know, yeah. that most of us never will get a chance to to experience um and you know he uh, so that was a cool uh, window that that he gave us yesterday yeah. by the way i do realize we played so this is love twice that was my fault <laughs> i forgot we played it earlier as soon as we started i'm like oh yeah so don't play this is a, so this is love on your show i yeah. was gonna open with so. I, you, should, you should open with so this is love yeah. hey by the way when jackson did his last uh, backyard uh, broadcast i'd stop by because it was in bluebells not too far oh, from where i live and the guy whose house he was at had made himself a 100% exact replica of the Frankenstrat, so mm. Eddie's guitar, down to the cigarette burn marks on wow. it. He had taken detailed, he had looked at detailed photos. It was amazing. It was so, even down to the quarter that's embedded on oh, it. I admire that. It that, was that, so that ability to do stuff like that. Cool. And I got wow. to hold it and, you know, and check it out. So it was, it was really neat. I mean, and. You know, it made me think of that when you mentioned that in the Smithsonian, because I think they put a replica up in the in the Smithsonian, but it was that identical to it. It's just it's an iconic instrument. Oh, yeah. Know? Amazing. Yeah. Damn uh, it. I meant to wear my Van Halen shoes today. You can borrow pre- uh, Preston? Damn it. Mine on. I, I completely, I was running out the door. I thought we would door. be matching today for I, sure. I've got Chuck Van, ha- Ch- Chuck Van Halen Frankenstein, or whatever they call it, Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, Strap. Strat um, sneaks. Yeah. Oh well, They're I'll cool. wear them tomorrow. Minor Chuck mar- was Van Halen's brother, who only appeared on a few episodes, and then <laughs> <laughs> mine are more like Vans. You have Vans, so yeah. wear yours tomorrow again, so we can wear well, them. Wear right. yeah. Yeah. These, it's kind of tough though because 
when I ordered these, I wanted them so bad they didn't have them in my size, and they're a size too big. Oh. So they're really loose when I well, walk around in them. Maybe you should leave them here and walk barefoot out to your car so sometimes, they'll be here in the morning. Sometimes I wear two pairs of socks. Oh, that's Ooh, good. that's Whatever good. Idea. Yeah. yeah. Good. Um, or stuff bread in them. I never thought about that. Yeah. Wow. We got some leftover Contours sandwiches. Contours to your feet. Pretzel to bread. Yeah, we have some leftover sandwiches uh, that we could use. All right, anyway, uh, that was from uh, the Brick and Barrel, by the way. You want to do the letter today? Yeah. Okay. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. I as in internets. All right. And we give away our prize on Friday. So we're two days off from that $300 Red Robin gift card. Yum how you want. Whether it's dine-in, delivery, to-go, or outdoor heated tents. Red Robin, yum. Oh, yeah. Get uh, the gift cards only valid at the 21 Red Robin locations in Eastern and Central PA, owned by the Lehigh Valley Restaurant Group. Uh, you can visit redrobinpa.com for more information. Uh, what is happening on the show today? Well, so I, um, I'm, a, uh, I'm a bit confused because I have, um, <laughs> we got to do Van Halen, but it's John Mellencamp's birthday, which I yeah. didn't want to let go by. And I have a letter from some nurses who work really hard, and today's the only day they can listen. They ask for a block of Bruce. So what I think I'm going to do is from noon to 1, we'll do Bruce, and then we'll do Mellencamp. And then from 1 to 2, we'll do all Van Halen. I think that's that's that fair, especially since you did a, a nice tribute yesterday, you guys. So that's, uh, yeah. Thank you for coming on with us yesterday, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah, Jim. no problem. It was- uh, you know, um, it's, uh, I mean, Marissa work, was working really hard behind the scenes. I mean, she was here still. At, when I was leaving at quarter to six, Marissa was still here. God of course. Her. Yeah. That, that, she's the hardest working girl in show she business. Um, she reminds but, me of you. She does remind me of me, by mm-hmm. God. <laughs> Kiss me a pretty horse and marry me a pretty horse. I got to marry a horse. <laughs> Kiss me a pretty girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> I sound just like the dude. You do. You think? It's, yeah. it's uncanny. It's, unc- it's I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. They it's really like wanted here. me to do voiceovers when I was a kid because I had it down so much. At any rate, um, where was I? You were kissing a pretty horse. I was kissing a horse. No, you were talking and about his Marissa. his name was Mr. Ed. You thanked me for calling in yesterday. Oh, yes. Oh, and Marissa was working really hard. Sarah yeah. was working really hard behind the scenes. So was Pancake. We pulled up all kinds of stuff. And uh, you called in, and I called in. So we we had a nice tribute yesterday. And I love that you guys have been doing Van Halen songs exclusively today. And, oh, I just see your Van Halen T-shirt, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm all decked out today. That's good. Yeah, we've had to do it too much. We we had an entire morning of of the Eagles. We had an entire morning of Bowie. We did an entire morning of Chris Cornell. And, you know, I mean, Rush Rush and Petty and, you know, yeah. Think about it. Bowie was where it began a couple of years ago. Um, Bowie, Bowie, is, we kind of knew was coming. Though, no, we didn't. You know? No, we didn't. No, we did not. Uh, he there. He had been quiet, but there was not a word that he was ill. Um, Neil Peart was. Oh, I thought there was. Neil was out of the blue. Yeah. Neil one. was out of the blue. I. I mean, uh, to best to my knowledge, Bowie was out of the blue. I hadn't heard a damn thing about Bowie uh, being ill, and then that we were surprised at how. Uh, he was able to keep that out of the public uh, knowledge, right? Because Marcus called me at home, uh, like on a Sunday night at two thirty in the morning, and of course I was still up. and And I, I said, "Don't go with it until we can verify it." I went out and listened to the BBC in my car, and they weren't even announcing it. And finally, they did. I said, "Well, we better go with it." And so we went on with uh, like a three in the morning with Bowie, but um, that was yeah, that, that was, was where it began. Yeah. It's sort of like that almost unleashed. These, you know. Well, Petty came out of the blue. 
Right. Yep. Chris Petty Cr- had been battling some some um, some issues. Yeah, Chris Cornell was, came out of the blue. Prince came yeah. out of the blue. I mean, it's been a rough few years. Some of these guys are getting Chester. up. Chester. Yeah, and, and I mean, so it's it's been uh, difficult. But some were not. Sorry. Well, some were not as surprising. Like, I mean, I, as sad as it was, I, Scott when Scott Weiland passed, I, right. I was right. not surprised. He was not in good health. I take yeah. solace in the fact that, that MMR is here for that, though. And, and I, I'm not saying this as anything to do with self-promotion, but I found myself tuning into the radio station as a fan and as a listener all day yesterday, and it's there's some, there's comfort in that. And and the fact that you guys were able to come on and talk about it, that we continued it on today, I think that's really cool that MMR is able to, to talk about these things even in difficult times. The hard part about it is that these guys didn't live long enough. No, you know right, what I mean? So, right. you know, you, you have Johnny Nash passed. He was 80 years old. It's horrible. He lived a great full life, right. you know, so that's the really sad part about this. Eddie Van Halen, 65. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing about uh, this station, to your point, Nick, is it, it's, I, I think radio is, a good radio is like a community center, you know, and we're we're a family. And so the, it wasn't surprising that you came on, that I stayed, that everyone just pitched in and and listeners are part of that family. And it goes back to when John Lennon was shot. I wasn't even here but um, they told me about how people gathered on Rittenhouse Square, yeah, which was where the station was, uh, and lit candles and played guitar. And Michael Tiersen, uh was playing John Lennon music well into the night. When Jerry Garcia passed, I was doing the mornings. We were across town at Fifth and Market, and uh, it was about noon. And I came back on the air with Bubba, and we played dead music for hours. And then people gathered that night on Independence Mall. Hundreds and hundreds of people. So they didn't go. They they went where we were, you know, to to have some kind of communal experience. And I I, I found that a really a touching thing, a yeah. very cool thing. It helps with the healing. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. We got to wrap. We got to make way for uh, Pierre to uh, heal you, as he will. Place your hand on the radio. Um, <laughs> and I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, the President Steve Show brought to you today by Acme Market. Uh, fre- <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Uh, fresh foods, local flavors. <laughs> Also brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the President's Steve Show. Tomorrow on our program, uh, Melissa Rivers. Melissa Rivers of uh, Joan Rivers' daughter fame. That is correct. She will be joining us. (laughs) (laughs) And this just in tomorrow morning, we'll also have Annabelle. Annabelle. Oh, my God. I love that listener that won. She was so excited. excited. And then the next guy that won was nowhere near as excited. But that Annabelle, man, she was hot. By the way, she almost passed out from yelling too much, we found out. Yeah, I kid you not. Uh, That's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. Man, I got bad news, Flash. I just found out Eddie Van Halen died. Well, off to the state store. Some bitch. Next message. A big I love you to Eddie Van Halen, a part of everybody's youth. No sad, bro. Next message. 2020 is the worst year ever. First meal, now Eddie, go. 2020. Seriously. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.